child, things are gonna get easier. Ooh, child, things will get brighter. Ooh, child, things are gonna get easier. Ooh, child, things will get brighter. I know there are still no. We're not getting steam machines this year, but I still just want to like. Plug if I get a gaming PC, I still just want to. I don't want to build anything. I just want to buy a box. I, just I wanna, know. I would pay. We've talked about this many times. I know, and it drives the people we know who know how to build gaming PCs up a fucking wall. Um, I was just telling Annie right before we started uh, recording the podcast that I just I'm not rich or anything like that, but it came into a couple bucks, and I was like, okay, I got, I got a couple extra hundred bucks. What I should spend them on? My first instinct is I should get whatever Lego sets <laughs> that I have my I eye feel on. so bad. <laughs> check the status of the preacher uh-huh. restaurant on the haunted house which were uh-huh. the two lego sets i've had in my mind for the last six months largely because you started freaking out about it yep. and then uh, the lego site uh, officially lists them both as hard to find which means that they're getting rarer bill i almost bought the Parisian restaurant the other day at the lego store <laughs> oh they had it at the wait at, at the bricks and minifigs no they had it at the lego store oh the actual official lego store yeah i was looking at it they also had a shit ton of those uh the female scientists would you bought it for yourself yeah I was gonna buy the it. And use, I was gonna buy. Well, I could that whole city block series because there's a clock tower and a movie theater and yeah, a restaurant. Th- those and are a pet shop. Those have suddenly been listed as hard to find, which kind of freaks me out. Because ideally, if I had like all the money in the world, I would I would actually buy that whole city block. Yeah, because that would be great just as display yeah. to have that whole little. Th- would be a city block. You could make like a square, like yeah. pretty much, like, you could walk around it, like kind of yeah. like a little thing. Like if you had the room. Uh, to display it, the money to buy it, and the time yeah. to build it. Yeah. yeah. Or you could even do what they did at the Bricks and Minifigs uh, store here in Portland, the, the 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 used Lego shop, where they actually took multiple copies of each set and built, like, super tall versions of each yeah. city building. Oh, man. But then I'm like, I should be saving that money. If I'm going to, like, I want to get a gaming PC, I should probably put it towards there. But yes. I'm like, oh, more fun! Bill. Yeah, of, of the two things I started researching, I started researching... Uh, if I wanted to buy the Haunted House Lego set, I started researching how I would replace the ugly green bricks that are in that set with <laughs> red pieces. Yeah. Before I started thinking about how much it might cost to actually build a gaming PC. Yeah. yeah I started to spec out my Haunted House Billy. custom to build. Don't do than, it. Yeah. But See, then, yeah. your Lego interest is, in a way, more dangerous than mine because my Lego interest is very specific. Yeah, your laser focused on your one little town. And whereas you, you're like, I like the Lego. I like the Simpson house. I like this. I like that. I'm more, I'm more easily sated by whatever they should shove in front of me. It's really like laser focused about getting very specific yeah. pieces. Yeah, we're we're at total opposite ends of the of, of the Lego spectrum. Here. Very much so, my but friend. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, build by a gaming PC. Think of how many how many worlds you can visit in. But then, then I also think PC. of think of all the like the artwork I could draw instead of playing even more video games you know at the same yes, time yes Bill you can tell me that you will not play as much video games if you don't get a gaming but PC but man Jason's been playing Mass Effect on the PC and that's been really nice yeah like, oh. think of fucking Steam sales you could buy such know, cheap yeah. ass games what's the next is Steam sales are they like you are asking the wrong I mean person. exactly because we were the two last people in the world to know yeah. about this but yeah I only pay attention to Steam oh, sales God. when something I want is for sale and I could stream and then people can hear you blather like when I'm like oh a Skyrim except <laughs> I made the Skyrim choo choo trains <laughs> instead of instead of instead of dragons oh. is uh who's the choo choo train from anyway hey everybody
everybody. This is the Boy Hattie Podcast. <laughs> no, uh... Thomas the Tank Engine. It's Thomas the Tank Engine. He wants to kick my ass. He wants to flat my butt. I'm Annie. I'm Bill. We're here to pitful chill about some bullshit, as we have all become accustomed to. Um, Thomas the Tank Engine does have, like, rapist face. He does have that, like, <sighs> okay. just, like... No. <sighs> Bill, that's enough of that. So, uh, Bill, hey, buddy, <laughs> pal, that's enough of that. How you doing? What you up to, buddy? What you, uh, what you up to lately? Mike Russell took a photo of himself in front of a like, live action Thomas Tank Engine yes, he did. thing just this week. Our friend of the podcast, Mike Russell, and that. Just like, that's horrifying. Hey, Bill, you also watched Prince of Egypt? Yeah. So, wait, how did you watch Star Wars, Prince of Egypt? Uh, I guess last Friday or something, my wife and I, we have a ritual of watching a bunch of trailers on Apple TV, because mm-hmm. the Apple TV has a trailers app. We were watch, 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 and we saw the trailer for the Ridley Scott uh, Moses movie, Exodus. I forgot that was coming out. Yeah. With uh, Joel Edgerton as Ramses, and who the fuck is the Moses? The funny thing is, when I finished watching Prince of Egypt, I was like, man, that's such a good movie. Why would anyone, like, I'm so glad no one's, like, trying to make another Moses movie. Uh-huh. And I, I forgot that, like, even earlier yeah. in the week when I watched the Prince of Egypt yeah. movie and had that thought. I'd been seeing, like, I had retweeted people complaining about how, it's, because yeah. they've taken set photos of, like, yeah. the Sphinx and other Egyptian statues, which have obviously been whitewashed, yeah. so it's, like, white people's faces, yeah. you know, because, like, you know, like, well, Ramsey's like Joel Edgerton. Being, yeah, exactly, yeah. I like Joel Edgerton. He's Ooh, a terrible what, choice. What else has he been in? What is he? Um, he, he, he's, he's like Ramsey's, right? Yeah. And it's Batman as, as Moses. Oh, yeah, it is, uh, uh Christian Bale's. Christian Bale can never be as sexy as Moses. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I like watching Prince of Egypt. I'm like, oh man, you can practically hear the girl boners from 15 years ago being popped. Joel Edgerton was in Animal Kingdom, that uh, Australian oh, yeah. crime was movie. Was he the main character? Yeah, he's not the guy. He... Did he play Uncle Owen in Star Wars? I think he may have actually. Is he, is he a kind of pudgy face? Yeah. What's my Ramsey? And he was uh, Tom oh Hardy's God. brother in Warrior. And well, seen, he's yeah. been in some other stuff. He was oh, and he was in the Great Gaps, Gatsby. Did you hear about the new movie that the guy who made uh, Animal Kingdom Are came we out with? Finish talking about Exodus and Prince of Egypt. It's it's it's, it's got Robert Pattinson in it. <laughs> and he plays some kind of like retarded guy in the in post apocalyptic wasteland. I'm serious. That's no, what I've the movie seen the is. trailer for it. But do they show like how he's supposed to be kind of like a dim witted guy? He is supposed to be dim witted. Yeah. Yes, Bill. But I guess they like people go to see the movie and they're like, what the hell? I like the the span of how long we've been recording. You use the two R words that I find personally <laughs> reprehensible. It's a pretty good I'm record. I'm living Bill. in 1979. I'm tired. So, uh, yeah, um, we saw the trailer for Exodus and it just could not be less appealing to me. Even though I like Sword and Sandals. Oh, epics. there's an actual trailer out. Now. Yes, I didn't even see that's that. why people. One of the reasons why people are responding. No, and no. yeah, it's like I am. I am. I am pretty. I am a white person. I'm not always super sensitive to racial uh, whitewashing. Or I'm not always super, I should say, I'm not always super aware of it. Yeah. Watching that, I'm like, I don't want to see stocky, sturdy Joel Edgerton as Ramsey's. That is the what least interesting. play? Does she, is she, like, does she play their mom? I can't remember. Okay. Well, not, she would either be, there's not their mom, they don't have a mom, shared mom, Bill. No, but Do you I, know the story? Yeah, no, but they get raised, right, together? This is true, they do get raised, they have Bill. Well, he well, has it's, a mom. Well, it's hilarious, though, because, so I also watch Prince of Egypt, and Prince of Egypt, granted, at least, you know, it's a cartoon, so they can all look like non-white people. Watch. It's still white people. Like, we need a voice, we need to voice <laughs> Moses' sister. Who should Moses' sister be? Who's a good Jewish girl? Sandra Bullock. <laughs> we need Zipporah. She was an Ethiopian woman. Who should we get? Michelle Pfeiffer. 
Uh, they do have Jeff Goldblum, though. They do have Jeff Goldblum. the best parts of the movie, actually. It's true. Like as as Aaron, yeah. poor Aaron, just gets uh, kind of the shrift uh, in this movie. But no, Prince of Egypt is a good movie. I still know all the songs. <laughs> I've only seen all Prince of songs. Egypt a couple times, because I, like, I remember like, it came out in theaters. Yeah. I didn't see it. Uh, I don't. I don't think I saw it until it came out on like cable or something like that. Uh. And but I remember like my first real experience with the uh, Prince of Egypt was like I think it was like all my parents' folks at my folks' place, and I would hear some of the songs in passing because it's gonna be be playing in the background. And there's the one song that mentions something about like hope is hard to kill, but yeah. for some reason the way they sing the, just the phrase hard to kill in a, like a children's animated yeah. film, like just out of context, that always kind of like that became like an earworm for me. It where I just be very that's close. what I'm saying. Would but the music kind of drops that song that one. makes yeah. me cry. The hope is frail. It's hard to kill. But that refrain always kind of sent chills up my spine a little bit. Yes, it Which, should. Because I thought they were talking about actually killing people. I didn't realize they were talking no. about hope is hard to that kill. That song makes me cry. That whole sequence makes me fucking cry. That movie, so I hadn't seen that movie in a while. I saw it when uh, when I first saw it, I was young and obsessed with animation. Yeah. So, man, 1998 is when the movie came out. Fuck. Almost 15 years ago. God. That anyway, still not on Blu-ray. So what I was young and really horny for animation. That was when I was yeah. like really... Because that was during that... that If you were a, a kid obsessed with animation, it was a perfect time. Because like you had Anastasia come out before and Iron Giant. And it seemed like there well, was this also renaissance. When it was, wasn't just... Even though Disney was kind of the height of its powers at the time, it wasn't just... A, yeah, you had Iron That's Giant. That's what I'm saying. You had other yeah, stuff. All yeah. of these things were non-Disney. And I was like, this is it. This is the yeah. time. Studio Ghibli was just kicking ass at the time. Like, well, yeah. that wasn't in America at the time. So no, it's but not, like that was Princess oh. Mononoke was just coming. It was yeah. the first like it was first time in the West that people were being aware of like Studio Ghibli. I thought like, that I thought yeah. that this was a sea change. Was that really right around Triplets of Belleville? No, was that later? Was that like two thousand two or something like that? Was that was like two thousand four. I want to say. Was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but still, yeah, exactly. Yeah, cats don't dance. Fucking man, I'm just saying. It felt like <laughs> it felt like That's a sea dance. change. Don't you even, my friend. But anyway, no, no, it's funny no, now no. to watch it because now I've not seen it. I don't think since like the time I own the VHS of it. And I know yeah. I watched it enough that I know all the fucking music. But um, uh, it's weird to watch it now because now I watch it and I get a deep melancholy about faith. Just so because when I watched it, I was a very different person who had a pretty close relationship with faith and was in a world of faith. And now I'm in a world that not only I am not part of faith, Portland is actively antagonistic to faith. Yeah. And I know a lot of people who are actively antagonistic towards faith. And Everyone's Ramses. And it's just like... And you're Moses. Damn, it's just yeah. it was it made me so sad and so lost. Whereas my only my only thing is like I, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but they just uh, DreamWorks started uh, sending out recruitment packets to artists and stuff like that right when I got out of high school. Mm-hmm. And the big thing they were saying, hey, we're working on this uh, this 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 Ten Comm- uh, Commandments movie, mm-hmm. and so that's my first real experience with Prince yeah. of Egypt. So whenever I think of Prince of Egypt, and so rather than yeah, rather than you have this like the deep seated melancholy about yeah. faith and stuff like that, I'm like. I just remember when they sent me a package with had a drawing of Ramses on the cover, like back in like 1995 or something yeah. like that when I graduated from high school. But yeah. yeah, I should have took them up on that offer. Oh. No, actually, I did submit like a package to those guys and I got rejected. Oh, so why are we still thinks so? I could have worked on Prince of Egypt if I could <laughs> draw good. I could. 
to be fair, I could have designed a much more, uh, less fucked up. Uh, who are their Egyptian priests? Oh my god, those are the worst characters. Not only are they useless to the film, but they're so grotesquely yeah. designed that they move weirdly, and their eyes, like, yeah. the one, the fat guy has eyes that are kind of twisted, so he can't really focus his eyes on anything. Yeah. I think the one's super tall, and he, so he kind of has to look down a snout. And What's weird is that they're very reminiscent of the, um, the two comedy characters you see Hercules. Hercules? That's hilarious. Dylan and I we watched Hercules yesterday. <laughs> Dylan said exactly the same yeah. thing, and to, just to prove her point, she made me watch Hercules. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the, which is funny because the only other time in my life I'd seen Hercules was like ten years ago when we watched the tape at Did her parents' house. Did you have house. a boner for Meg? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, because she's like, red. Rosso, which I just watched for the first time recently, yeah. the Studio Ghibli movie. Uh, the, the, the main ingenue, ingenue in that movie is voiced by Meg. Yeah. And so when she, her voice pops up in the movie, I'm like, that voice is familiar. I'm like, oh, it's Meg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah, no, it's the, so, um, Prince of Egypt has a Shapoopy number in it that is led oh, by so the most. Although not necessarily Shapoopy. I could it's, see. It has a plot point. It does serve a plot point. It justifies why. Yes. It's, it's, it, it shows Ramsey's point of view. Yeah. I think those characters are necessary, but, but it's, it's Martin it's Short. Executed, yeah. It's Martin Short and Steve Martin, and they are the worst. It's it's you wouldn't know that it's Steve Martin unless someone told you it was Steve Martin. Yeah. It's just they're supposed to be kind oh, yeah. of comic relief, but not. There is one moment like their kind of first big introduction uh, scene in the movie is when Ramsey's and Larry dump water on them. Yeah, wine or whatever the fuck, and it, like your your focus is on Ramses and yeah. Larry because they're all like, "Ah, we dumb water those people." But if you hear their dialogue, they're like, yeah. "Oh, we are wet. You have ruined my thing. I am so angry." Yeah. Or you can tell they're yeah. actually so like, "Ah, yeah. we are. We don't know what we're really supposed to be doing yeah. in this scene." But but it's kind of funny because they kind of make it funny, yeah. like how they're just generically being angry about this thing that they're really not. They what well, the actors don't know really what they're reacting to. Yeah. But yeah, no. During the the Shapoop scene there's even a bit where the fat guy says like oh that's so pretty yeah oh it's and awful. you don't even know what he's reacting to and he's yeah. just kind of like the animation he's just kind of like flailing and you can tell that maybe he they says, were intending oh, to put something oh that's clever yeah that's what he says and it's like oh and, it's but like, he's not really mm, reacting to anything the no. whole sequence is underbaked it's the one sequence the movie can get rid of in a video yeah. game but Let yeah me, like i said it's not a tr- you're correct it's not a true poopy because it does serve a narrative purpose because but as it, are we saying it as aesthetic shapoopy <laughs> can we copyright that phrase <laughs> Very that's specific our, phrase. That's the first piece of merchandise. A bumper sticker that just uh, uh, my other car is aesthetic. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, Prince of Egypt is is pretty good. Uh, fully liked it. Fully has a big crush on Zippera, which is the correct response. Oh yeah. Uh, she's like, yeah, Moses, girl. She's like, yeah. I'm like, and I need to show her. Um, what was the the lesser DreamWorks movie? Oh, Road to El Dorado. Road to El Dorado. I've never seen. Is not. Those are hot guys in that though. Good. Right? They're not. Is that DreamWorks kind of things? This is what I get for hanging out with girls person. in the '90s. See, here's the thing, Bill. If you were asking maybe a different girl from the '90s, yes, really? probably. You would have been like, because you were growing up. Not for those guys. Are you kidding? Not both... Moses. You think Moses? Was no, cute? Moses was cute. Especially Moses when he takes better. off his little wig in the when desert. Got, he's got yes, when he's got his pump through the that's hair the and his beard. Pal- like, I like I can just yeah that's where you can hear all the little girl boners from 1998 <laughs> popping off. He's yeah. he's acceptable, yeah. but like um uh mm-hmm. uh fucking what the hell Rodel Dorado, they're not attractive. They're goofballs, and I like their their bro relationship because yeah. of course I do. It's Man Who Would Be King, but a musical. <laughs> but man, <laughs> with Kevin Klein and Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> 
but still, just even like the character design. I'm granted still all white people in 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 Prince of Egypt, but the character design really actually it's more racially aware. Yeah. It is very clearly designed to be appealing to white people. <laughs> well, just because the Egyptians, like, I know this is supposed to be how it actually went down. The Egyptians, because they're actually real North Africans, they were yeah. actually darker than mm-hmm. the Israelites or Canaanites or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because they actually really kind of pay attention. Uh, Moses actually changes skin color because he kind of starts out the he? same skin color as, well, when he's a baby, he's the same same skin color as all the good guys. Yes. And when he grows up with the Ramses, he's dark. But, but like, when he goes out in the desert, he, he suddenly becomes a little more light, light skin like all the other guys. Like, all the other uh, good guys. Um, but yeah, I love how it's Ray Fiennes as Ramses. I know, yeah. Which, after watching Grand Budapest Hotel, it just seems extra He funny. does a really good job. He, he's Ramses. also the only character in the whole movie that does his own singing voice. Yes, he does. Which is kind of, which is, yeah, yeah. kind of cute too. Yeah. But yeah, no, it like, yeah, Jeff Prince of Egypt is pretty good. good. Is there some good animation in there? And the mom sing is so sad. Yeah, fuck did you know the lady, so the lady who did, who played Ramses' real, uh, Birth mom. Mm-hmm. She died of AIDS just like like a year or two right mm. after the, uh, she did that movie. I did not. And I guess there was a huge scandal because she was straight, but I guess she got a blood transfusion in Turkey for some kind of miscarriage like back mm. in like 1980. So she had AIDS like for the longest time. She died. Yeah. Just, so it's just. So I guess the Israeli her Israeli fans were really uh, mortified by that because it was such a such an evil disease to be strike down such a pure woman. And I don't know. I guess there was a little bit of a scandal there about that, but. Anyway, anyway, Prince of Egypt is a good movie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad we both. Yeah, well, we'll get, we'll get the whale and the, the whale in the water. Oh. That's that's you know what? That was one of those ones movie. where I'm like, boy, boy, what's up for you? Look at this. Yeah, I should pay attention. This yeah. is actually kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. No, and well, just as an animated movie, that's also an animated movie that really takes advantage of the fact that it is an animated film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's good good acting and stuff like that, but like the visual effects are it. Like like when a, st- a staff turns into the snake and stuff, it yeah. just looks. I don't know, it's just really nice. It's amazing. also interesting because it's one of the last really musical musicals. Yeah, like in that, that it is not self aware. Not even not self aware, but it's not like it's not like a lot of times musicals will just use music as like a like when there is a critical moment. And it like a moment of realization or a moment of connection or something. Then there will be a song, mm-hmm. but Prince of Egypt is more like a um, almost likely Miz, and that it's really almost uninterrupted music. Like there's a lot of fucking singing in that movie, yeah. you know. So it's just kind of interesting. There's well, Steve. Speaking of Steve Martin, there is a singing bush. Let me get that. The, the, the burning bush sings. Yes, but because we'll that's also that's Steve something Martin? that also happens in the Three Amigos, starring Steve Martin. And Martin I have Shore. never seen the Three <laughs> you Amigos. Really? You should see it's. It's not very good, but it's. I think you would like it. You'd be like, "Oh, movie! I see what you're trying I'm to do." I'm allergic to Martin Short. Is that well, Martin thing? Short? Yeah, and he's pretty mm. Martin Short in that movie. But yeah, no, like I love like even like the voice when he like even like a voice of God. It turns out actually, I yeah, guess it's it Moses. is. It's yeah, it's Moses essentially talking to himself. But even like the music, I just like how yeah. nice that scene is when yeah. he goes in there. and It's like all water. It's pretty. And shit like yeah. That, you know? yeah, yeah, son. Yeah. It's a pretty movie. So uh, apologies to anyone who's never seen Prince of Egypt. But... I, what we're saying is it's on the Netflix. You know, I didn't it's realize that. I I I found it on, in the internet dumpster, oh, but Bill. then I was like, oh, it's actually. On. Well, I found all that Disney stuff is on. That's Netflix not Disney. Now. That's DreamWorks. That is why. That is so why. Right now, this Jeffrey is... Katzenberg is clenching his fist. Going, That's right. That fuck. That's right, Bill. Yeah. Um. In other news, yeah, The Last of Us uh, for PS4 came out this what week. Do you think? It's beautiful. How far it's you really get? nice. Oh, Bill owes me fifty dollars. That's what Bill's gonna oh, do. Shit. With <laughs> I, I was just bragging about how much extra money I have right now because I can't even swear. Being broke. Uh, God damn it. Yeah. 
no, you, you're you picking me back by uh, rooting around the internet dumpster for me. Yeah. But, no, it, it's really, really pretty, and I like the photo mode. The photo mode is interesting. It's nice just because um, they uh, they added a major feature beyond doing some tweaks Keep to gameplay Keep talking real quick. I'm close the door. Sure. Go ahead. Uh, the um, the no, major... No, we have guests upstairs. So I just want to make sure. Oh, no, it's okay. I was giving a pause so you could edit yeah, it okay. out. Um... That's fine. People are used to all of kind of us sitting there. Oh, I farted. I guess we're leaving that in. Um, um, so, what's this Wii stuff, Kimosabi? I know, uh, yeah. The They added a photo mode similar to the one that's in um, uh, Infamous, Second Son, uh, where you can pause the gameplay and kind of move the camera around and, and play with depth of field and, and depth of focus. Yeah, I was really surprised at the amount of stuff you can tweak in that. Yeah, yeah. you can add filters and scenes and frames and all these sorts of things, but it in really fact, gives they have you... In frame, uh, frames from the, from the Facebooks, from, the, the yeah, face swap or whatever the yeah. hell that is, that's... That's really that's good. Really cute. But uh, it's it's uh, it's an, it really it's nice just because it gives me a chance to stop and actually look at things. Yeah. And... You know what? Because I'm playing on grounded mode. Yeah. Which uh, you don't have Joel's ability to see through walls or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's actually kind of a great way to pause the game real quick and kind of like try yeah. to like look around <laughs> corners and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So I've actually been kind of using it for that a little bit. Um, it's Foley's been playing, not me, yeah. and I've been watching her play. And what's Did really she funny play is the that first time too. No. She, I played the first time. We actually, that's not true. We took like turns. 3, yeah. We played together. Um, there are some parts that she played, and some parts that I played, and we would uh, like oh, swap okay. back and forth. Were you guys playing on normal or easy? Oh, easy mode. Yeah. Fuck. See, that. that's why I, was, I you know, I, like I was, I bought the game again. I was like, maybe I should just play through easy, just because I want to play. I just want to see the star. I'm not really interested in the gameplay that much. Yeah. I just want to essentially just experience the story again. I love yeah. those characters. I just, I want to spend time with the characters, and I'm not so worried about having to sneak past clickers. But then I was like. But man, that grounded mode, that would be so great. Like that, like, I, I, I like the idea of trying to yeah. turn it into a sim. Yeah. Like, see, has, I was also very kind of curious to see how good the game design was. Yeah. When they take away most of the crutches for you and really kind of yeah. make it so, like, you don't, you don't have the hood, you can't see through walls. Yeah. They really, there's almost no ammo or anything in the game. Yeah. Which is funny, because on grounded mode... Um, they leave all like the empty things that you can search for. Yeah, they're just empty. It's just literally ninety five percent of them are empty, which, which is kind makes of sense. in your face because yeah. it really is like maybe out of every six thing you find, there yeah. may be something in there. And instead of like five bullets, it'll be like a bullet. Yeah, and it's like oh shit. Like like I was telling Annie, Annie I got to the museum, which is less than a, like a third through the game. I'm still just I'm still running around with tests and stuff, but um, I've only gotten about a dozen bullets in the whole game so far. And you run into way more than a dozen enemies. And yeah. so it's mostly, it's really, like, instead of fighting, you almost have to just stealth sneak past everybody. Even, like, yeah. even the runners. Not even the clickers, but even, like, the normal guys. If you yeah. can afford to, like, sneak past them, do it. I don't know Which how is a, the it's a hell, whole new game. how the hell you're going to last, like, when you're sneaking into bills. And I, you're, like, that's upside down and shit. Like, that's, I can barely do that on easy. Yeah. And also, uh, Joel can only take two hits before he dies. Oh, Anything. Shit. Like, you, uh, either punches or uh, being shot. Yeah. So, yeah, well, you were kind of, like like realistically fragile yeah, which it's sure. almost it's it's really interesting it actually makes the game legitimately scary i yeah. think it actually makes it a better game yeah but you have to have the tolerance for playing something that exactly. fucked up I've, I've probably played a dozen hours and like i said i'm only you're into, barely you're barely you're not even a fifth into i've it. played about two hours into what yeah. if you were playing it normally yeah although the, by virtue of the fact that i got through the tilted office building i didn't yeah. think i was going to get that far but i did so yeah. I don't know. I don't know. see i'm i'm I, I totally see how that would really add to the game. If you're, if you're a sadist or masochist, which one yeah. hates yourself? <laughs> That's, a masochist. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, but I find the game, even on easy, to be so difficult just because I'm not a very 
like that kind of good gamer. Yeah. Okay. That uh, it's like I could, I could I couldn't do it though. I, I I really admire them for putting that in there, and I admire you for doing it, dude. Are you saying the clickers are hard to kill? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They're frail, but hard to kill. That's right. Um, Why do you imagine that trivia? Bill's... So, uh, what, what, what else did you... Anything else about the game, though? The remastered version? No, that's why else? I was moving on. Do you have anything else to say? I don't know. It feels like after we've been like, waiting for this to come out for a year, I think it would have it's, something it's more, more to say. It's more Last of Us. I, my connection with Last of Us is very intimate and familiar. I don't really have a lot to say about it. I've taken some good test photos, though. So have I. Yeah. Did you... Oh, I need to share some test photos with you. Some down upskirt nipple slips. <sighs> So we were emailing this morning before this podcast. Bill felt the need to send me animated gifts of Julia Stiles in underwear and Eva Green disrobing. Bill, you don't have to send me any more naked pictures of celebrities. Oh, okay. I'm just going to tell you right now. What are you talking about? Good. I know the it. context of the Julia Stiles picture, and it is not sexy. It's from the Blue series that she, she plays a prostitute, and it's a very sad context. Oh, no. Okay. And See, Eva I Green... Want, I just find these files, and I don't know what they are. Eva Green is yeah, more is... most attractive to me, fully clothed in period gear, dressed to the nines. Well, I can see Evergreen. You want to be Evergreen. You don't want to fuck Evergreen. I don't want to fuck Julia Stiles, either. My... It's weird, because my attraction to Evergreen is I just want her to be a bank teller for me and just give me money. <laughs> I, I, Fully clothed. Evergreen is more attractive to me, like, as um, What's-Her-Butt in Casino Royale, mm-hmm. where she's just poised and aloof and distant and bantery. That is more attractive to me than her, just with the ma- very male gaze I know, I know, I flashing know. a titties. This is me just saying, well... And he says she wants porn. No, nope. I could give her no. Nope. Yeah, no. Nope. I'm gonna just not say out of context. Maybe though. the porn I want is not the porn you want. It's Bill. almost like we have different tastes. It's also almost different like different genders and sexual orientations. And yeah, they're not mutually compatible. I'm just gonna say no, no more photo manips of topless. <laughs> I did not. I was I was almost tricked for a moment by a photo minute of naked topless uh, yeah cat Dennings. So Bill, how was Guardians of the Galaxy? Guardians of the Galaxy. I feel bad because I was I was really convincing about it on Twitter. It's not a bad movie. Uh-huh. I just think there's a, a much better movie buried in it if yeah. it wasn't crammed into the Marvel movie template of yeah. there's got to be huge stakes. Right. And there's got to be a giant air battle over yes, a densely populated piece. city at the end. Yeah. And, it's really crying out to be a smaller B movie. Yeah. It's it, it's it's a funky B movie dressed up as this yeah a like first class big budget three hundred million dollar movie. Yeah. Um. But you know it's 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 still funny and cute. The actually the only real well, I have two issues. It's super angry and testosterone-y hmm. to the point that like Zoe Saldana is like the only female lead in the movie. Yeah. Uh, and kind of irked because she only seems to really exist in the movie just to be potential girlfriend material for Chris yeah. Pratt. Yeah. Which, well, I mean, that's that's welcome to every movie ever ever made. But she was, she's supposed to be this badass warrior who can stand yeah. on her own. It kind of sucks that, yeah. like, she's kind of defined by James her gender Gunn even is in many this situation. A feminist he is not. Yeah, I've never <laughs> seen Slither or anything yeah. else she's done, so... Yeah. Um, which is funny because I still have my copy of Slither from Netflix that I never returned. I was gonna say, how have you never seen Slither? It's <laughs> in the house. I think it's like in a shoebox. Slither somewhere. is a very Bill movie. I'll really? just say that. Yeah, that's what I keep on hearing. Well, I know he came out from like the Trauma Studio. Yeah, and so he's used to making like that's his whole upbringing is making. Yeah. Did you know he also like wrote and I think he just wrote the Scooby Doo movies, yes, like the live did. action yeah. ones. From... It's funny that have he's, you ever he's seen? On a, he's on a w- really weird career track. What is what is it called? His series that he did that was like. Um, uh, porn with plot or something like oh, that. Oh, that was his stuff. That was his. That was him. 
Oh, the one like Nancy James Billy shows up and all yeah. like yeah. Well, he's, he's buddies with Joss Whedon, so he does oh, all sure. that kind of yeah. Yeah, goofy yeah. shit. Yeah. Well, Gun from what? Angel is named after. Well, the other thing too is Zoe Saldana in the movie. There's a couple too many times where people call her. I don't think they call her a bitch, but it's like, woman, you're going to do this. Yeah. Like, there's this there's this other character in the movie called Drax the Destroyer, who's also a good guy, big muscle guy, mm-hmm. who, despite the fact that his whole uh, story thing is that his wife and child were murdered by uh, Pushing Daisies, the fall, whoever the fuck you want to call yeah. him. He, like, you think he'd be a little more sensitive towards ladies, but he's always referring to her like, woman, you will do this. Woman, yeah. you are the... And it's a little bit like... Uh... How were the villains in this movie? How were Ellie Man. Pace and uh, What's-Her-Butt? Lee Pace isn't terrible. His character is terrible. Oh. He plays the most generic, like, I, I, uh, he, for some reason he hates this other planet, and so he's going to yeah. destroy this other planet. So, of course, the Guardians of the Galaxy, they're, uh, they're, they're ultimately good guys, so they feel compelled to try to save this planet from getting destroyed. You have no idea why he wants to blow up this planet. Like, yeah. the, 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 like why he wants to do what he's doing is never explained. Yeah. All you know is he's just generically evil. Yeah. Even in Star Wars, when they blow up Alderaan, yeah. Yeah. they kind of excuse, well, it's Princess Leia's home planet, yeah. and Darth Vader's trying to get information out of Princess Leia. There's some some context there. Yeah, and it's to prove that what show made is going Yeah, and when they also put him in a five pounds of makeup, kind of yeah. cover up his eyes, and put him uh, in his costume with, like, the stiff neck that he can't turn his head... So he's just kind of like this big imposing figure, which is funny because they hired Lee Pace to be this yeah, guy. Yeah. And that's not really Lee Pace. He's kind of like tall, lanky, kind of yeah. quirky guy. But he's just like, I shall destroy you. Yeah, that's it's weird. just like, but it's not the end of the world, but it's, it's like. What about what's her butt? Who? Uh, oh, uh, Doctor Who. Yeah. Uh, she is surprisingly hot with even blue and bald and half oh, robotic. She's blue? Oh, yeah. she's half robotic? Yeah, yeah. You find out, like, there's a whole thing where she gets blown up by a rocket launcher. Mm-hmm. And she, like, her body gets half destroyed, but she puts herself back together and puts herself into fighting mode. Yeah. Well, she only exists in the movie to fight Zoe Saldana. That's another uh... thing where only the girls fight the girls. It's a little... It's not the end of the world. It's it's, a, it's especially weird after The Last of Us, because what also happened this last week is that for the launch of Last of Us, they did a, a kind of a goofy thing down in LA called Last of Us. very goofy. It's very goofy. Last yeah. of Us One Night Live, where they, did, um, where they did live performances of a lot of critical scenes from The Last of Us, yeah. which is funny because they're cut scenes, so they're very, very brief. <laughs> yeah. It was really, really cute. But what was interesting is that it kind of reminded me of how much that game is a goddamn has a feminist agenda because that entire cast was Troy Baker and a bunch of broads. You could funny because well, I don't consider a feminist agenda as much as it just happens to be a story about mostly e- women. Exactly. Yeah. And that unfortunately is tragically <laughs> feminist and in your face. Yeah. But it's just like at Last of Us, even though it, everyone makes fun of it because like, it's another grizzled male protagonist, but it's all about the women in Joel's life and how they change his life and it's really about yeah. It's about Joel. She's the main character. Even it's though about, she's, yeah. yeah. Joel's story very much so ends, and Ellie's story very much so begins. So it's all about the women in it in a way that is effortless and non confrontational and all these other things. And it's just kind of like you enter this parallel world briefly where that's okay and normal, and then you go yeah, back Garden's to like, fucking Guardians of the Galaxy. right on the thing where it's default. Yeah. Everyone, well, it's a, it's a team of five people. There's only yeah. one lady in the team. Yeah. Again, like, she's very much defined by her gender, yeah. even though she was supposed to be the most badass, yeah. one of the most badass, not one of the most badass women in the world, but the, one of the most badass people in the galaxy. Yeah, yeah. She's raised by the major villain of the whole Marvel universe. Yeah. So she should be even more like, oh, but it's just like, but it's not, ter- like I said, it's not yeah. terrible. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, all the characters are super angry, except for Groot, the big plant guy, who's yeah. just like, oh, I'm a plant. But even then, it gets hyper... Oh, this is the other thing, too. Like, aside from the gender stuff, the violent stuff in the movie, that movie is surprisingly violent. Really? Uh, that doesn't surprise me. In a James really Gunn, bloodless actually. CGI kind of uh, way. Because all the characters are all, all super, like, angry and full turmoil and stuff like yeah. that. And there's a lot of just, like, a lot of beating the shit out of each other and stuff. Uh-huh. But in a way where no one really gets... At least none of the good guys ever really get hmm. permanently hurt. Um, so there's I no saw stakes people, for it. Yeah, I saw people comparing this to Firefly. And this got me thinking about... that. One of the interesting things about Serenity is mm-hmm. that Joss Whedon really runs his characters through the ringer. Two major characters die. I don't think there's another major character in that film, uh, major protagonist, who doesn't like essentially practically end up with injuries... Mm-hmm. Just almost that almost sent, put them in the hospital. Yeah. You get you know Mal Reynolds gets you know ran through with the sword and everyone else gets shot and fucked up. In this movie, s- stuff like that kind of happens to these characters, but they just kind of shrug it off. There's yeah. one scene where a character gets his neck broken but yeah. doesn't die for some what? reason. Well, you don't see it physically. Yeah. The, Ronan the Accuser pushing daisies. He gets one of the main characters and he he puts his foot on his neck and it's right before like he's pretty much says oh you were such a worthy enemy now I have to kill you. And then it jumps to another scene, but then comes back, and you see now Lee Pace is running yeah. out of this guy's seemingly dead body, yeah. throws it away, yeah. and the guy gets back up and doesn't have, like, <laughs> I know this guy's like an alien, yeah. I'm like, and it's not even the plant guy where you yeah. feel like, well, he doesn't have bones, maybe he just... Yeah. But then you're like, shouldn't he at least something? Like, there's, just, like, and there's yeah. other stuff where other people get yeah. in the movie, and it would feel it feels like a more... And maybe it's a ratings thing. Like, you can really capture yeah. that much when they have blood or characters really getting hurt in a PG-13 movie, which is bullshit because... You can even what... say that maybe it's, like... Was Serenity like a PG-13? It was not rated R. But even, like, well, again, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Indiana Jones gets a shit beat at him in yeah. that movie, and that's not necessarily bloody, but you see he gets repercussions where he's really just dragged through the, the fucking dirt, literally, and he's just kind of like... Yeah, that adventure really hurts, and especially with these characters supposedly being, like, quote-unquote, realistic characters in terms of their emotions. They're supposed yeah. to be, like, they're supposed to be not even the B team or the C team, but, like, the D team. They're supposed yeah. to be the asshole, the grungy assholes in the, yeah. in the world. It would be more interesting if you actually saw them actually kind of get hurt in these fights a little bit. Yeah. You know, they don't have to be put in the hospital or anything yeah. like that, but show that, like, Chris Pratt, get, Chris Pratt getting beat I'm up actually say, hurts. Maybe my sexual orientation would be Chris Pratt with a black eye. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what's saying. He's yeah. a black eye. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't even get a scratch. You know, it's kind of... So, yeah, well, and so, yeah, there's, like, a scene where Groot, uh, all the good guys are essentially, like, uh, uh, they're captured in, at the end of this hallway, yeah. and this hallway gets filled up with like thirty uh, bad bad guys with uh, guns. And so Groot he th- uh, grows out one of his limbs, so he impales like about twelve guys right through the heart with one of his limbs, no blood or anything like that. Then lifts up his limb with the twelve people still attached, and just beats the crap out of the other uh, the other two columns of guys on either side of the tunnel. Yeah, beats them all to death. But there's no. It's yeah. just kind of yeah. So that, basically, it's like the just kind of cartoonish comic booky stakes, but, but with like a gravity CG. that like yeah. cancels it out. And, and like, it was funny because in the theater, I was sitting next to like this little nine year old kid that was yeah. there with his mom. I'm kind of like, man, I don't know what his mom's thinking about this movie. But, like, because yeah. you think of the Guardians of the Galaxy comic book yeah. movie, it's a Marvel movie, and even for yeah. like, it, it's probably the most kind of fucked up violent Marvel movie yet. But it's the fact that it's all CGI violence and yeah. like no one actually really there's no repercussions yeah. of the violence. It makes it kind of even cartoon slightly kind of ghastlier. Oh yeah, maybe absolutely. that's me being old or something like that. Maybe yeah. if I were 15 watching this yeah. right now, I'd be like, who gives a shit? Whatever. Yeah. But I think I, the, I. But like I said, because 
it's obviously like Firefly in space. And there's actual, there's a lot of call outs to Raiders of the Lost Ark in the movie too, mm-hmm. where I was like, man, but it's, they're, they're aping some things from older movies without having the physical repercussions that the characters like older yeah. movies would have because yeah. of this kind of new style of the CGI yeah. uh, Marvel movies that everyone kind of gets, you know, gets beat up and walks away from it, but... Well, even then, Tony Stark got the shit out. I was gonna say that's not those haven't been the stakes of the other movies. <laughs> not necessarily all the time, yeah, but yeah. I don't know. So that's that's, that's but like not... I said, again, not bad. Most people seem to enjoy it. Like yeah, the the it's the, fun. the the consensus has been that everybody had a good time. Everyone loves Rocky Raccoon. Rocky Raccoon. Rocket Raccoon. I, you're Rocky asking Raccoon? the wrong person. At first, I thought he was like bullshit. Like, oh, he's a Raccoon. He's oh, he's always angry. But then I was like, oh man. I like Raccoon. <laughs> There's a scene where he gets drunk. And kind of like freaks out on everybody, kind of out of the blue. I'm like, he's my spirit animal. Because <laughs> well, he's. I just love it if we need we need a weird giant alien. Where's Vin Diesel? <laughs> <laughs> well, supposedly I guess they, they hired him because I guess James Gunn is a fan of the Iron Giant. Oh sure, yeah. We need a big grapple voice guy. Yeah. And supposedly the audio, the guy who recorded his voice for the Iron Giant is the same guy. They actually hired the same like audio director. Oh, that's great. Because you know, he only says I am Groot. Although the, the big joke now is that. Marvel is okay with making a movie about a talking raccoon and a giant plant guy before they like make yeah. a Black Widow movie. Yes, stuff, yeah, so, but... work I still can't believe Guardians of the Galaxy got made. What a fucking weird that they gave D- Disney gave James Gunn money <laughs> to see that movie. Make... There's a shit that that's. I mean, Chris Pratt is. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna see it. You only see him shirtless once. Though. I, that's what that's what Anthony Burke. But he, said. I was even, when he even takes off his shirt though. I was like, I know he was supposedly trying to get ripped for this because it's like, ridiculous how ripped he got. In Parks and Recreation, like at the end of the one season, he's yeah. kind of schlubby, like yeah. fat schlubby, but he comes back because he obviously had to do weight training between the two seasons yeah. for like. And he's like, I stopped drinking back. beer for a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my excuse. But yeah, he takes off his shirt. And I'm like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. No. He's Chris almost Gunn. as sexy as Moses. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll see Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm just not a... Yeah, I don't want to shit-talk it too much or anything like well, that. Well, like I yeah. said, your, your shit-talking it kind of evens out. Everyone else going, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, if you go with, like, kind of, like, tempered expectations. Yeah. Oh, don't go to really Just go. You'll have a good time, regardless. Yeah. It's... I don't really have... I would not really have high expectations of a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Well, anyway. I think the thing is, a lot of people have been comparing this again to Star Wars. And, hey, if mm-hmm. anything, it's more Fifth Element. Oh, that's I'm gonna. That's actually that's you're a better touchstone on it, than then. actually because it's like the like Benicio del Toro shows up and he's totally a character from like yeah. the fifth element of his book. Yeah. Oh yeah, he they, he was in the stinger for uh, Captain America. And I'm like, what the oh, fuck he? character is this? What's he, what's he do? The end of or was it Thor? Most I was in the Thor because I haven't seen the first Captain America or the first Thor. No, this is in the second Thor. I want to say really oh, one no, of the two. Of the one of the yeah. two stingers is. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's two stingers in this. There's a mid-credits and an end-credits thing, too. Um, anyway, uh, well, while you were watching Guardians of the Galaxy and all that, my wife, I don't really know what got her thinking about it, but my wife got a wild hair to show me Elizabeth with Kate Blanchett as um, Oh, Queen she's got the frill? Yeah. Yeah. As, as Queen, Queen Elizabeth. Elizabeth. And uh, she's, she's like, fully loved these movies, but has not seen them in a long time. So we grabbed the Blu-rays and we watched... Both Elizabeth. You guys have the weirdest cult- cultural transactions. Prince of Egypt and then Elizabeth. Yeah. So, um, uh, which are beautiful movies. I've never seen them. They're really, really great. And it's fascinating because one was made in, like nineteen ninety eight, the other in like two thousand and two. Yeah. So Kate Blanchett. It's a big gap. Yeah. It's it's fascinating to see these characters age, and they're really well done, really well costumed. The score is great. I really enjoyed them. What's really funny though is that the first one, the I don't say he's the villain, but one of the antagonists is. Um, Christopher Eccleston, he looks damn good in that Elizabethan gear. Which one? 
Which one? Ooh, which the first, movie? The first, first one. Okay, okay, yeah. He looks really good. That oh, really? Like, 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 he actually looks super handsome. Yeah. Like, I had a crush on Christopher Eccleston, which was not expecting no, to feel. he's a striking kind of guy, yeah. But uh, uh, there are some people who make that shit look good. And yeah. he makes that shit look good. He could pull off the Might facial hair. Yeah. I, it, they're worth watching. You will like them because the costuming is really good mm-hmm. and the production is really I love good. Kate Blanchett. Blanchett is amazing. I always to see those movies. I just never got around to they're, it. Too. They're very strange movies. They feel somehow like 40s movies. That's the one where she's playing with the, the queen with her teeth falling out? No. Because I thought she was playing like, 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 the, no. like the 1600s. No, no she's, teeth playing, out. she's playing Queen Elizabeth. Like, she is you know, Elizabeth. From, like, yeah, from the. I, for some reason, there's nothing about Elizabeth, Elizabethan age. Yeah, okay. But the the plot, the pacing of it is kind of interesting because it's not really about events as much as it is about these transitional moments in her life. Okay. Because like the first one is really about her becoming the Virgin Queen. Yeah. And kind of what events kind Are of these pushed two about the same person. Yeah, they're both like two separate queens. I thought maybe no. they had two, two, two separate it's Queen Elizabeths. Young Elizabeth and older Which Elizabeth. Which is stupid because I know that the current Queen Elizabeth is Queen Elizabeth II. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking <laughs> about. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. The sec- so the Ugh. first movie is kind of about her rise to power and her kind of deciding, becoming the royal that she is. Oh, okay. And the second one is about the um, when the Spanish sailed on England and the huge fleet that got destroyed yeah. by the weather. It's really about that battle, and oh. it's like, and it's otherwise, it's very. It's just her sitting in a chair waiting for the letters to yes, show up. Yes, like, that's all it is. The second movie, so the first movie was not expecting to have a crush on Christopher Eccleston, but he looks oh, no. beautiful. And how anyone could look good in those fucking dirty diaper pants, I don't know, <laughs> but he manages it. And then the oh, second movie has um, Clive Owen as Sir Walter Raleigh. Wow fucking banging like a drum. But again, these are all younger versions of the actress because these movies were from like, well, were at least like, a decade ago. It was like ago. 10 yeah. years ago. Yeah. But um, Clive Owen, I'm not, he, he should be my type. I'm normally not terribly attracted to him. But to be fair, the he whole point, he's not as bad as, uh, what's <laughs> Channing Tatum. Um, uh, the whole point of that movie is that she falls for him. He's a very charismatic yeah. and enticing person. So, but they're both really good. The cost, like I said, the costuming is top notch. The second one is interesting because it was kind of the dawn of digital production, and it's a little um, a little glossy. No, it's a little color correction crazy. Oh yeah. But um, to great effect, it's very well but, done. Yeah, they're leaning on that a little bit too much. Yeah, well, it, it's very clearly a new toy that they're really excited to use. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, there's there, there's a couple shots in uh, No Country. For for old men were like uh, uh, George Clooney just turns kind of pink and green for no reason. <laughs> just because exactly. you're messing around to see what exactly. happens. Exactly. Digital color color. But anyway, yeah. Elizabeth was a lot of yeah. fun. Cool. I don't I don't regret that weird impulse of what? Yeah, tell me about Helen Wheels. So I've been. Um, I've seen all I know is that Colmini from Star Trek. And, is and it is so hard for you to take it seriously because of Colmini. He is supposed to be the. He's kind of the. Big, I don't want to say big bad, but he is the big He's driving the force. The Yes. And he is not Elsewhergen. Entertainment Weekly keeps on trying to put, they must have owned steak in whoever's <laughs> making Helen Wheels. Because, like, I just saw you started freaking out about Helen Wheels on Twitter. I thought Entertainment Weekly just it. started saying, Helen Wheels is coming back. Colmini's going to bust up your face with his awesome Cole character. Colmini is not, he's Colmini. He does a fine job. Yeah. But he's supposed to be like this charismatic, ruthless That's businessman, and I just can't take Maybe him seriously. Yeah, I, I thought he did a fine. About Star Trek. Yeah. He's he's done a fine. I've oh, seen God. him in non um in non Star Trek roles where he's done fine, but I, I'm really struggling. He with played him in Gimli show. in Lord of the Rings. He was really good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> 
that good um, an actor. He thought you made you think he was John Rice Davies or whatever. Was, but no. Um, anyway, um, uh, it's really hard for you to take it take it seriously. So I tried to watch it because I have some I, a lot of I have some friends who really love Home Wheels, and so I'm like, okay, I'll try to watch it. Friends I tried to watch. Have the, you seen? Have you seen the episode three? Well, they're three like, it's not Halloween good, Wilson? but yeah, we okay, can't yeah. stop okay, watching okay, Home Wheels okay. like that sort of thing. <laughs> and so I tried to watch it a while ago, and I was just like, fuck this dumb show. The protagonist. Is it, I'm assuming just I don't even know what the show about him. I'm assuming what the title is about the I construction. I didn't know the, the this. Pan, the, Helen this. Wheels is an actual phrase that was for the phrase for the mobile town that kind of moved with the rail line. As oh, that kind of makes sense. So actually, they refer yeah. to it in the show. They're like, "Go back to Helen Wheels." And every time they say it, I'm like, "Fuck you, cold meaty." I want to make a parody that's called Meals on Wheels, <laughs> where it's just cold meaty, just being the meanest person who delivers food to old people. So it's basically just about the. Uh, the creation of the rail line and how it yeah, whips up all these people. Line, right? It whips up all these people in its wake and how it affects them. Blah blah. blah Does he like walk around population. with like, the, the last golden spike, just kind of looking at just like <laughs> he's like one day. Yes, Bill. like he monologues at the golden spike. Exactly. But uh, it's uh, it's not very good. The costume is pretty good. Yeah. Um. The, the my favorite character, though they don't do very much with her, is actually this whore who's played by this Australian actress, and she had been captured by, I can't remember what tribe, of natives, and she has these tattoos on her chin that are really striking, and her character is fascinating because though she, she's very young, though she's lived, she's lived a hell of a life, yeah. and she's now a whore because she's kind of, you know, she's spoiled goods, and what else the fuck can you do? She's an interesting character, but uh, they don't really know what to do with her. Mm. The protagonist, this guy Bohannon, is such a fascinatingly, aggressively unlikable character. He's got the most beautiful beard, though, so I'm letting it happen. Like, the, it's basically a show. <laughs> I love you. A yeah. show of characters, and there are so, like, I be, here I am with my hat, and I'm looking desperately for a character to hang my hat on, and I'm like, Tatface whore? What, what are the tattoos on her chin? She has, like, three or four just streaks. Oh, okay. Like, there are two... I want to say it's four, because there are two slender ones, and then kind of in the corner of her mouth, they're kind of like... They kind of look like a railroad spike, oh, okay. actually. Like, yeah. kind of the top. And then I just thought a horror with uh, tattoos on her face would be just, like, prices or something. Right. Just rates. Well, yeah, you find out why, and it may be actually her price. Oh, my God. So, anyway. And there's this whole thing with, like, the freedmen working, and so you have racial relations, and it's, it's, it's not as good a show as it wants to be. You remember how, uh, what the fuck, Carnival was not a very good show, but it was kind of enticing because mm-hmm. of the setting, more than anything else? It's kind of, it's pulling a Carnival. I feel bad because I'm distracted because I'm, I'm waiting for the word. We should be getting a paycheck. Who puts together the show? Is this like AMC or something <laughs> like AMC, that? It is AMC, yes. We should be getting a paycheck from that because like, we may be the first people who have ever talked about the show for more than five minutes who did not mention <laughs> the words Deadwood. <laughs> HBO shows you compare it to. It's not Deadwood. It's like Carnival. See, yeah. it does. It reminds me more of Carnival oh, okay, than Deadwood, yeah. though, because Deadwood was so much about the place, and whereas Hell on Wheels, by its nature, is not about a place. Mm-hmm. The camp is always moving. <clears throat> the, they have a time jump, and but I don't know. There's kind of a a, a weightlessness to it. Okay. Where the stakes, though the stakes are very high, the stakes are always changing. There's just like it's like the punches aren't landing. It's yeah. interesting. Speaking of evergreen and and not very good Penny period Dreadful. TV. Yeah, Penny yeah. Dreadful. Have you actually seen any of no. that yet? No, I, I, I saw the first episode. Allergic to vampires. It's well, suppo- well, she's not a vampire. I don't care. The show has vampires. I'm allergic to vampires. Really? 
I, I mean, they're monster I'm allergic vampires. To vampires. That's, not, that's not supposed to be sexy vampires. That doesn't matter. Oh, excuse me. I'm only allergic to sex. Arlene <laughs> was giving me so much shit this morning. I have to do a little side note. Yeah. We were sitting, we were ta- over at breakfast, we were talking about PlayStation 4 and launch titles and everything like that. And I was like, oh, you know, some things get delayed. We started talking about the order, 1886, whatever it's called. And I mentioned how um, uh, I don't like the werewolf design in it. Like, I was like, I didn't even know it was a werewolf until someone said it was a werewolf. Yeah. I just didn't feel... And she, her, her counterpoint was, at least they're trying to do something different. What is the werewolf design? Because I can't remember See, if I it reminds me, it like it's, a wolf it's the beast it like... that they fight in that trailer. Oh, okay. It's like, it reminds me kind of of the lichen from Underworld and that they're kind of hairless <laughs> Which and really slender. Yeah. They're hairless? Like, yeah. That's stupid. And, or at least it's they don't feel... It's easier to render with, with computer graphics. I yes. think that's probably what that happens they yeah. feel more slick and slimy than furry yeah. and i'm like and Foley immediately starts giving me shit she's like oh it's because it's a werewolf you don't want to fuck is that what you're probably she's like maybe that's only its early form maybe later it evolves into a giant furry brute that loves you, <laughs> you just, and i'm like there's uh, you, just on, like, on reddit or something yesterday i saw someone has a cosplay gallery or some kind of recent thing where you had a bunch of people dressed up like people from uh, wolf among us with like, oh, you yeah. know, like the body paint that makes it look like you know they you know you have the main you know, big what's B. His, yeah big B yeah guy like yeah. it was it was that's enough awesome. for a moment I thought I actually was the character from the oh it's like, rad oh, no, it's actually just makeup but yeah. that's rad oh uh, but yeah no I think part of the part of werewolves is is that they're fuckable no see that's not the that's thing our next bumper that... sticker werewolves they're fuckable <laughs> no it's it's like I just like giant beast men what do you think of the fifty grades shades of gray trailer. So I watched. I like that you actually do have a. I do have an opinion. I do have an opinion on this actually. No, I've read excerpts of it, and the writing is so bad. No, I struggle with um, reading kissing books because um, the barrier of entry is kind of weird, and the barrier for quality is kind of weird. Mm -hmm. So you can have really popular books that are really poorly written. Yeah, because people are reading that stuff to get off rather than like not necessarily. Not always, but you know what I mean. It's It's the same thing. Like, well, it's with any genre book. Where it's like you're trying to reach the genre, you're not necessarily trying to write a good book, you're trying yeah. to write a genre book. This is not to, I'm not writing off genre or anything like that, but I'm just oh, saying yeah. it's like the master you are serving is not necessarily. Well, it's like fan art. Like, you can get by with like crummy fan art if it's yeah. something that people like. Exactly. Yeah. As, as someone who makes his living off of drawing fan art, yeah, exactly, yeah. <clears throat> so, um, uh, I, I struggle with it just because the writing... I, I can't read it because the writing is just not very good. I just no, can't no. do it to myself. So I saw this trailer, and it's funny, though, because um, I'm not against Fifty Shades of Grey, because, and I'm not against Fifty Shades of Grey as a movie because I would love to have dirty movies for ladies and have it be a thing. Yeah. Like, it would be rad to have... to Anything you can do to put female sexuality in the popular eye and normalize it, I say more power to you. But it's just like, this fucking... Have you seen this trailer? I'm sorry. You, I, I just... I, while you're talking, I just got this picture in my head of a poster called Fifty Shades of Grape. And it's actually <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio from Fifty... That's even Gilbert Grape, but all sexy. And he just turns around, but his hair's all fucked up. And he's like, hey. And well, especially they have, they have the poster that says, Mr. Grape will see you now. Yeah. And it's just Mr. Grape, and it's just him just like... Anyways. As I was talking, Bill just got a smile like the Grinch. This whole ad campaign just popped up fully formed in my head. I'm sorry. Anyway, go ahead. Yes. Um. Uh, I just had to get that out. Yeah. But it's like, it's 
that's there's also something that just cracks me up about Fifty Shades of Grey. A apparently I S and M is not my bag, but apparently its depiction of of BDSM is really um uh very clearly done by someone who has no familiarity with it. So the community is apparently upset about it. Oh, within the it. book. Oh, yeah, okay. and apparently. Well, what, what what just in terms of like the power dynamics and stuff like that? I, I don't, just don't know if it was what like, I what thing. I just told you is oh, literally okay. what I understand it because I saw well, someone tweeting the movie about should it. Should be better because like you're actually no. like I have to <laughs> picked it. Uh-huh. I'm talking about from a technical point of view. Well, Bill, like you can't—the rope can't be done badly if she's gonna fall out of the rope. Bill, that's like saying, "Well, they had violence in Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah, so it's got to be more realistic." Yeah. Um, uh, the uh, apparently there's like consent issues in the book, which well, not. I'm not surprised. But especially so, if you're not part of that community, you're not. If you're just writing what you think people like, well, you're not going to get like that. There's 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 power dynamics. Yeah. In those in that book, will. I mean, I could see some people getting off on it, but, like, people who practice that stuff in real life, I could see, yeah, because there's some it's also practical very... things that are easily to get wrong. And I can't imagine that any consent issues that may be in the book are going to get any better when you move it to film, because at least yeah. in a book you can see inside people's minds. That's true. When you oh, cannot that's... on film. Yeah, that's true. When you got a guy <laughs> tying up a lady and there's consent stuff, you're not quite sure. Or, or guy... Especially if she's, like, protect. Yeah. yeah. Oh, even... oh, my God. It's, I'm, I'm just saying, there, it's a fine line there. So when someone who is ignorant walks that line they're even less likely to to write it because so. it is it's not like she ever turns the table or anything like that right it's supposed I, to be I am he pretty much ties person. her up and beats her with a hammock and then like they go on a helicopter ride yes Bill, that's... that's what the trailer is <laughs> but um uh <laughs> there is he also makes her, he ties her up and makes her watch her hell we may, like, it makes her watch hell on wheels <laughs> What's really funny to me, though, is that... So the guy who's playing Mr. Gray is a guy who is... Um, I f- have very complicated feelings about that guy beyond just the fact that he's in this terrible Well, he's been movie. in other stuff. He was in, he was the Huntsman in Once Upon a Time, and he is not a very good actor. The thing is, though, is that he's really pretty, yeah. and in fact, I follow a bunch of menswear blogs, and he's a model, so he'll pop up a lot. I was kind of surprised, because he did, I thought somebody who would be playing that character would be more statuesque. Maybe I just haven't seen enough of him Well, and you, like and you also need to understand that... I am not an average female, yeah. and that I like beasts and lugs and brutes, and that is not the medium. <laughs> it's like most women like, like, there's well, other things. I, the... I expected somebody who was going to be more of, like, beasty. I'm imagining that's, more that's a Tom thing. Hardy type for that character. No, because not... it's not about necessarily physical power. Well, I know, I know, but I just figured just as a totem of masculinity, somebody you would submit to would be there's like, you'd a want a big, hunky of... guy. Like... Well, there is a totem of masculinity that's not. Somebody can more easily man. carry you away, literally and physically, yeah. Oh, well, see. It's almost like you don't understand the it female. It did get a horrifically the ugly female. woman to play. <laughs> oh my gosh, she says, I'm so messy. It's, it's like, it's just, it's I'm a scarf on. I'm like, that shows my messy. Watching this trailer, I'm like, oh my god. It's just so, it's like a spoof of someone who doesn't understand what yeah. sex is. It's like, I mean, it feels like it's written by 13 year old girls. It's like, and then he's super kinky. He ties her up. <laughs> he has cuffs. <gasps> <laughs> just like, that's what I was kind of surprised when you kind of see his little kit and this is like something you can do granted it's in a trailer it looks like something you get from Goods Vibrations if you're a billionaire or whatever you're supposed to be that's you that's think your shit would be up. like you, you think that would be some Hannibal like, shit sh- not just like silk sheets he's got a pink dildo <laughs> you think it would 
would be some kind of handcrafted like, from like Paris, like it just yeah. cracks me up. It's just like it's like he's really really kinky. Have you ever seen? He spanks her. I'm like, are you fucking kidding well, that me? A lot of people. I mean, no, that's... I get it. I get it. I totally do get it. But it's just well, like I want. I, I will see. I've, I've never. Re- I've, I've you know I've always heard people talk about the book. I've never actually yeah, read. Yeah, like so I, I said, have no idea if that's. I if probably that's the should of the read kink it. In the book. I should. I would actually respect that book more if it like had like pony playing, like actually gotten into more that's stuff. Like, so it's not just like oh they got tied up and that was it. Like, and it's like not to say that that's not kink and not to say that people don't find that satisfying or whatever, but it's just kind of like it's like cracks have me up. Have you ever seen this David Lynch movie Blue Velvet? No. Have I've never seen a single David Velvet. There's I've never actually seen the whole movie too, but I, I used to know a girl who really got off on the scene where I guess the the main female character. <sighs> She is forced to walk around naked mm-hmm. in like her neighborhood, and it's a whole mm-hmm. sexual power play thing. And I've sure. actually seen, aside from the one that this girl knew who really got turned on by that scene, mm-hmm. I've had other people actually hold that up as a touchstone, as like that. That's actually one depiction of like BDSM power mm-hmm. dynamics. Actually, it's kind of murky and fucked up, and the guy who's yeah. making her do it is like a crazy guy. But that's something where like people are actually hold up, but it's like it's not politically correct. It's not like. Yeah. Good, but like that's actually I don't know. Just... Well, what's the thing about about my understanding of again? I am not a member of that community, so I'm maybe speaking about half. Yeah. But um, it seems to be more like a per- interpersonal dynamic, other than here's a bingo card of of chips and wings. Chips and wings. I would have kind of thought that... whips and chains. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, I, I kind of would have thought the Robin Hood there were, might be a little bit of that one lady with a whole bunch of dudes kind of being whisked away in the forest a little bit. Like... That is the least interesting thing you could apply to Robin Hood. Well, I know. Me. I'm not saying that'll be the whole focus of anything too, but I could see. Like, some people would take that to actually make that a little oh, they, bit. Oh, there's like, there are a few books. Actually, you know what? No. Now that I think about it, especially all if, the if books, it's like a princess made marrying, and maybe she's potentially sold into slavery, and then she's all rescued the books by I these read, guys. And, yeah. There, I mean, that, that subtext is there on the original book, just because any woman who was with outlaws in the woods would be ruined, just Yeah, socially. that's what I'm saying, exactly, yeah. But um, just being kidnapped was social. But I can't actually but think of a book that, that dealt with though, that. To, I know. can think of books where inexplicably there are a bunch of women in the forest that, the, that Robin bangs his way through. And, uh, you know, because, like, all the dirty Robin Hood books have been about a bunch of women. Yeah, exactly. Because no one actually takes the other angle. Because I guess that's the male Have you ever seen... Oh, God. Was it Secretary? No. Man, I would love to see you... Watch you watch Secretary. You know know which one I'm talking about? Like, James Spader and... I I know of Secretary. It's not my bag. I watching that movie, and they really... That's when I realized I've, I'm not into BDSM, because stuff that goes on in that movie just seemed like from an, another planet to me, where I... It's not like I was horrified or anything, but it was just so, like... I was like, how does... How does well, this thing, work? And I thing, that that's another movie, along with Blue Velvet, I've seen people actually hold up as, like, this is, a, this is one of the rare movies that gets... BDSM stuff kind of right. At least maybe that maybe if that's not how people practice in real life, but like the the like the politics, the sexual politics of it are. I think some... sex in movies is just so loaded anyway because it's a movie. Yeah. You have a pretty common cultural context of sex on film that's pornography, more so than you do even I'd say with, and to some extent the same thing with photography, but with with books and even comics or illustrations, there's a distance. They're not real people. No. So you can, and also, again, you can get the perspective of the people involved a little more vividly. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have the cultural context weighing against you, and you and you have an insight. Because there's actually a, a, a thing I want to write sometime that's about how good erotica and good porn, when you read it and you're not into those kinks or interests... Allow gives you enough insight into the moment and the characters that you can gain empathy for those things, even yeah. when it's not your jam. And bad 
or not bad erotica, but lesser See, that erotica. That's an interesting thing with you, like you uh, doing lady like mm-hmm. book club and stuff. You must be getting all kinds of windows into kinks that you were never into before. But at least now you can kind of like at least Most understand. Most lesbian it. books aren't about kink. Yeah, they're not about. They kink. don't even have kinks featured. Not really. Okay. I can't think of. Oh, well, well be, here's the well, thing. You mentioned that there was in like a hetero. Well, that, that was like, not in a ladylike book. Oh no, that was about two gay men. That was another book I read outside of oh, ladylike. Yes. Um, the uh, uh, which makes more sense because why would you want a pony girl? They're only be able to pull so much. Pony guys, though. <laughs> that's right. That's what you want to go for. Um, the uh, you could say that the nature of what a kink is in the lesbian community is different than kink in a het community because really? to well, I would say to most hetero people or heteronormative people, anything that is not standard penetrative sex is to some degree a kink. No, that's true too. Yeah. Whereas in lesbian sex, there's just right from the start an understanding of. A broader definition of what sex is that well, it's not true. necessarily yeah. pigeonholed. You're already, in your kink. you're already living outside of the lights of what's culturally acceptable for a yeah. lot of people. Yeah. So I guess it depends on what kink and fetish is defined by. Because no one would say I've really got a fetish for women. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've really got well, a fetish for getting a blowjob. That's, that's that's most that's after human race's fetish is women. Yeah. But that's not really a fetish. But, but it's like know, so yeah. yeah. It all depends on like fetish and kink kind of implies some sort of othering or mm, some sort yeah. of need to find the community. Well, fetish makes all fetish. Even the word fetish and the, the, its loaded connotation suggests yeah. an irrational, almost like a crazed, yeah, like lust for something like that. You yeah. Well, I, I think the technical term is something that you can't, you need to have in order mm-hmm. to get off. So. We are two people who leaves. are the last people who should I know, be talking exactly. about this. Like, we're like ants talking about rocket science. <laughs> anyway, like, yeah. 50 Sh- where I was going with Fifty Shades yeah, of Grey is the guy who plays Mr. Grey. Is I have a weird relationship with that guy because he's sort of like... I will on these menswear blogs that I follow. I'll, he'll come up every once in a while, and he'll give me pause because it'll be a really handsome picture. Like there's this one picture that's one of my favorite pictures I've seen on one of these menswear blogs, just as an image in the male form, because mm-hmm. just the angle and his beard grows in nice, and the clothes he's wearing. It's just his a very just striking. To be half off. It's a very striking image. Mm-hmm. And um, when I think of menswear, that's one of the first things I think of. But then I see this guy all clean shaven and like in his office and shit. And I'm like, nope, uh, uh-uh. uh. Nope. It's funny to think that's even the same guy. We're I know! Like, the, like, and then I watch him in Once Upon a Time, I'm like, how? And, like, again, every other shot, he'll be sort of attractive to me. Well, that's the funny thing, because, like, even, like, watching the trailer, he doesn't look like, he looks like a normal guy. He doesn't, like, I would have never thought that guy was a model. That's the point. Well, yeah. He's, yeah. well, the whole point is that it's not necessarily, see, I don't know. My understanding of that sort of relationship is that it's about the relationship and navigating and negotiating the boundaries of that relationship. It's not necessarily about, I am this and you are that like and physically like we're not you know it's about the dynamics more than it is anything else anyway i just want to see if they have to deal with her having to use the bathroom because you get tied up for, i'm just i like the way i think about something oh, like no. that that's why i can never write B, uh, bdsm because i would be like and then she had to go to the bathroom and then the guy realized oh shit i didn't plan ahead for this their date was ruined <laughs> He had to untie well her. Done, Bill. She had to go to the bathroom and suddenly, like, yeah. Hey, yeah. Bill, tell me about whatever the fuck is next on your list. Oh, wait, Helen Wheels. <laughs> where I was going with Helen Wheels, real quick, which is that it's not very good, but it is a nice thing to listen to while you build Legos. Oh, okay. So I've not been really watching Helen Wheels per se. I've just been playing it while I'm Did playing Did you watch Legos. All of Gravity Falls? 
Uh, I watched the first half of the first season. Yeah, it came back. The next season just came yeah, back. Yeah, I need to catch hearing. up because I only saw the first half of the first season, too. Yeah. Because fucking iTunes split that shit. Down. I know. God damn it. That's why I, I want to buy a season for the next, uh, pass for the next season, but I can't guarantee it's going to be for the whole next season. Yeah. I don't want to be like, you know, I don't want to drop 30 bucks on like 10 episodes. Yep. I like to support those guys. Yeah, I want to give them my money. Yeah. I was at, uh, we went to, when we went to the mall the other day and fully took me to the Lego store, she also wanted to go to the hat store and get some new hats. And they had a, they had a dipper hat. I almost made her buy a dipper hat. It was $30, and it was not a very well-made Officially hat. licensed? Yeah. Well, I know it's supposed to be a foam trucker's hat, so it's, it's not supposed to be... It's Oh, hat. it's like, even for that? It yeah. is, like, really bad. Oh, it's like, oh, sucks. damn. Anyway, Bill, tell me about Takedo Rebel Card Game. Oh, uh, Takedo... Uh, just last night, we had uh, Dylan and Katie came over last night, and we played with my housemate, Joshin Bahar. Uh, we just decided to have card game night. Mm-hmm. And so they brought over a... I forget what the name of the game was, which I shouldn't even bring it up, uh, but it was just like this uh, card game where we had a role play as members of this uh militarized rebel unit in it's kind of like vague city there was no real there's no real story setup other than you're just like this rebel unit trying to overthrow the government Mm -hmm. and at the beginning of every match everyone gets assigned a random card and we had five people and so two of us had to become spies Mm -hmm. for the like imperial like for the for the government Mm -hmm. within the spy uh circle of spies and we had to try to uh, fuck up the other three people trying to like you know fuck up the like in their attempts to fuck up the government we had to like you know, sabotage their shit. so it was just a kind of cool it was a card game but you know it had some nice role-playing elements where we had mm-hmm. to come up with this like stories like where we'd like have to come up with ourselves like oh an idea for what a mission would be that would have yeah. to go off and uh whoever the two spies in the group of five of us we had to try to like finagle our way into the group that would mm-hmm. be sent out on this mission because there was never a mission where all five of us were sent out it would only be like two of us or three of us. Mm-hmm. We're all trying to like, and within six turns of this game, we had to like fuck up the whole operation. So that was kind of <laughs> cool. But it was still a card game. It was all yeah. dark, uh, card based. But that was kind of cool. Yeah. And then the other game we busted out was the game called Takedo, which I actually bought my housemate uh, Joshin for his birthday a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Which not we th- I thought it was more of a card game, but it's really a board game where it takes place like in like uh, like seventeenth century Japan. You're trying to uh, walk from. Kyoto to Tokyo, mm-hmm. and it's not competitive. We thought it was going to be super competitive. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the game of life, except it takes place in Japan and it's not competitive. Uh, the only way you win the game is by enjoying the sights of Japan more than everyone else. So you're just going along. It's, it's not even a circular board. It's a very linear like start end of the board. Yeah. And each space is like you don't have to roll dice. You just go wherever you want on the board. Yeah. But by the end of the game, you have to like whoever like eats the most food. Like because like different spaces will be you you you, you, you yeah you came to a restaurant eat all the food you can. Yeah. You went to a temple you donated donated as much money as you could. You uh, you saw the sights of Japan. You saw the ocean. You get uh, you points for that. And so it was really cute. And that took about us about an about an hour to play that. But that was like. It, most of that hour is just trying to read the rules because there's all yeah. these like economies of like yeah. you get so many points for like looking at this ocean view and if you see yeah. the ocean view four times you get these four cards and that you collect this panorama of cards that creates yeah. this picture of the ocean view that you saw and you get yeah. more points than everyone else but it was like really cute the art design is actually really nice too because yeah. it's all like it's all like white uh, really colorful stuff on like an, on a white board. And like, mm. you play as characters. You have little character cards. You can mm-hmm. choose who you want to play as. I played as a little orphan who got free food wherever she went. Yeah. Which let me beat the shit out of everyone else. Because <laughs> I got so many points for just eating all the... Di- like, yeah. Even when you eat food in the game, you can never eat, eat the same food twice. Like mm-hmm. there are food cards that you collect. But mm-hmm. you can't ever eat the same thing twice because you're not enjoying as much of Japan sure. as you could. It's right. like a really <laughs> that makes you like... 
suck Japan's teeth dry. That's amazing. But no, it was, it was, we, we, we played one game of that, and that was enough for that one night. But it was, it was fun when we played, though. That's really and cute. And, like, it's like, I don't play card games that much, or yeah. board games even really as much as I used to. I don't think I've played board games much since I was, like, a little kid. Yeah. But it was nice just to kind of have a little group hangout together. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing. It was great that we went from the hyper-competitive, yeah. like, spy network yeah, game. Yeah, undermining to people. Have sushi. <laughs> Were you one of the spies, Bill? I was... <laughs> you never want to play a card game with me. <laughs> so it turns out of the five of us, me and uh, our friend Katie were turned out to be... We were randomly chosen to be the spies together both times we played the game. And I fucked up both times where I accidentally gave myself away. The first time I accidentally gave myself away because I had my card and I was kind of like juggling with my hands and I actually unveiled it to everyone else in the middle of the game. And the second time uh, I fucked things up when I forgot the rules and I forgot how many turns there were and the game suddenly ended with the the spies did not fuck up the rebellion uh, because I forgot uh, that we were on the last mission and so I didn't do anything. (laughs) And so... Good job, Bill. And so right after we ended the second mission, Katie's like... What the fuck is wrong with you? We're fuck those guys out. I was like, I thought we had another turn. And so, no, it was, yeah. Oh, you never want me on your game because I am an idiot. <laughs> and with that, we're going to take a little break. We'll be back for the Geek Week in Review. Buddies, chums, it's time for the Geek Week in Review. Well, it sounds like Toshio Suzuki just made the official announcement that film production at Studio Ghibli is shutting down for good. Yeah, this happened just a couple minutes before we started recording. So, uh, people aren't, there's no English translation yet, so everyone's trying to figure out whether or not this is like the permanence announcement that, that they're shutting down or what but it did sound like he came out and just said something well this is this is what we reported this a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. this is rumor that this was happening um i guess so between now and then i guess on top of everything else i guess their latest movie when marnie was there mm-hmm. uh came out in japan and supposedly bombed and also their latest movie they came out with in back in like at christmas the there was a, a movie about the princess bamboo character oh, yeah. or something like that which was it looked really cool because it was all animated like an old like uh like japanese printmaking style it looked really mm-hmm. cool but supposedly that movie bombed too so mm-hmm. I, even aside from the fact that like all the old guys at studio Ghibli are retiring like miyazaki and takahata 
Yeah, the fact that their movies are also bombing on top of that. Yeah, yeah maybe they're... Glad they're going out and high. Yeah, well, Have couple... you seen the trailer for when Marty was there? No. What? It looks weird as hell. Oh, and that's... Oh, wait. That's the one, like, that's a ghost, right? Like, some kind of ghost lady's hanging out with another girl or something uh, like that? And ooh. some people have been like, do they kiss? Okay, maybe I didn't see a trailer for when Marnie was there. <laughs> no, what, what, what's so spooky? Because the trailer about I saw, it? well, no, it wasn't spooky. It was just like ridiculous. I'm like, yeah. this looks vaguely. I mean, I look, it looked great. But, like these character designs are so vaguely unappealing because there are these three monstery ghost people. Really? Maybe it was something else. Maybe we saw two different trailers then. Maybe I was yeah, because the trailer else. I saw, it's like it's like a girl. I think she's like a writer or something like that. She yeah. rents like a like rents a cottage out in the middle yeah. of nowhere. Yeah, that's what I saw. Oh, I didn't see no monsters. There are like three giant. Okay, well, maybe I there's another saw girl who shows up. And if you didn't know it's supposed to be a ghost story, you think it's just another girl shows up for like another cottage and they hang out and like have tea. <laughs> okay, that is not what I saw. You like watch like some kind of okay. Anime? I saw something else. <laughs> No, I did no, no, see no, something okay, else. Okay, okay, I was gonna say. I'm uh, it was some other anime. I think it's supposed to be a ghost story. Uh, oh. Last of Us Live happened this week, like I mentioned. It was very strange. I regret not going to see it. Foley and I talked about going down to LA to see it. I think you've been a little bit disappointed. It was so short. No. Well, no, I knew it was gonna be short because I, I, what I heard about it, I'm like, what the hell are they doing? Cutscenes are like a minute, well, it's also a minute and a half. Too. Even Neil Druckmann yeah. comes out and is like, yeah, we don't know quite what we're doing here. Well, There's they, gonna be they only they they practiced the night before. Yeah, exactly. It. Yeah, and uh, the cute the 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 light cue person kept cutting off really critical lines from Ellie. It was also, really, so really the cute. the audio got fucked up on a whole yeah. bunch of parts. Well, they had to keep on switching the audio from the stage to Neil Druckmann coming out in, yeah. in between every because all the scenes were literally only like two minutes long. Because well, this cut is also scenes. really basic tech stuff. I'll just say it as a tech hey, person for a technical theater. Uh, yeah. It's almost like it's a weird and strange thing that no one believes in or reinforces. But the thing that kills me is that Neil Druckmann wrote an epilogue for it. That there was an there was a bonus scene yeah. that was only for people who saw the show. They did not stream this portion of it. Um, the majority of the show was very much so a black box production mm-hmm. where it was just pretty much a bare stage with maybe a chair or a table and then they would project on a screen um, still of the environment that the scene was taking place in. Uh, they streamed the whole thing and they pretty much went through the bulk of the game. Um, they did the goofy they musical climax. Huge. Well, they did everything they could with those characters. Yeah, because they didn't. You didn't have Nolan North and his character yeah. was a huge part of the game, and, and you didn't have stuff, Bill. Yeah. Like you didn't. How have... was Because I wouldn't. Because he he really more than any any other character in that game. He really is just the actor. Like, yeah. Even the way he yeah. looks and everything like yeah. that. All you had to do was give him a dirty jacket. Yeah. Like he's already even already. But he's dressed not just like, the like you could argue that those two like the crux of the oh, game. Know, that's the relationship. Yeah. They they got everything that they needed. Yeah. And they but, were obviously just shooting for like an hour long show. They yeah, were gonna have and like it was. a whole it was an evening hour. long. Yeah. They did the goofy musical. Thing. I like that. No, oh, it was fun. Although the sound got fucked up on that too. Yeah, like the did. one guy whose guitar came in way too loud. And yeah. Had to, yeah, it was all good. That's really cute. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, then um, they stopped the stream and then there was a break and then the people in this in the theater got to see an actual set, an epilogue that was yeah, set I saw in the Tommy's one still camp. Yeah, leaked out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, what? Um, so they're living... So that's what happens? Everyone just permanently lives in Tommy's forever? Well, it's not... It's, it's well, now they're supposed to go back to it. Very but... clear. Well, that's literally the end of the game is they're walking into Tommy's oh, camp. for some reason I never imagined that like Joel and Ellie would just go off and live in Tommy's camp together forever. Well, like, it's, I don't it's know. set, very clearly set, not that long after the course thing. I know. Well, you need to remember is no, the events of the last of us. a couple years later? No. No. Because isn't Joel like dating someone? Yes. Like named Elson or something like Esther, that? Esther. A like good Ellie. Jewish girl. Also E. 
Why am I talking about The Last of Us with you? God. There was a bonus scene. Read about it online. Anyone named Esther have the skills? Williams, daughter of news anchor Brian Williams, will play the title role in NBC's live production of Peter Pan Live. How they're going to do Tiger Lily stuff without getting a mail bomb from a casino, I have no idea. No, it's Bill. I forgot they were doing Peter Pan Live. Uh, so did you how see did... the sound of music? No, I did not see the sound of music live. Did you see that? There, the... you know what I just saw was a really good production. Was The Last of Us live? It was really short. Go on, Bill. Talk it about was, it for it was a while. A lot easier to I play. will sit here quietly. It was like watching a cutscene for an hour. It was really like emotional training reels for replaying the game for me yeah. though, because I was like, okay. I was like, is this some Kojima shit? I'm hitting the X button to speed it up. Who the hell is but... Allison Williams other than the daughter of Brian Williams? Have you ever she seen her? Much? She's on the show Girls. I only know oh, her. Young girl. she did a cover of the Mad Men theme song, which made me go, I think she's attractive. <laughs> and then I, I found out they're doing Peter Pan live, and I'm like, oh, an attractive lady's playing Peter Pan. Yeah, but that's all I know. <laughs> Captain Hook is playing, uh, well, no, that I'll say this. Captain Hook is playing, um, oh, wait, what's well, his no, name? No, that's the dad. Are they doing the thing where they cross-cast no, the no, dad no, no, and no, 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 Captain what's Hook? What's his name? Oh, no, 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 crazy guy. Crazy guy. Christopher Walken is playing Captain Hook. Really? Which that in by itself, that's kind of makes fantastic. no sense because like that's Captain Hook in that play is supposed to be kind of like a drag queen, kind of like man, welcome in, man. I would, yeah, well. But he's gonna be, hey, I'm, I'm, uh, I've got a sword. I'm gonna stab you. I, that's my really good impression. <laughs> he sounds like Mario. I'm gonna stab you. It's a me. <laughs> Christopher Walken. It's a me. I put this watch up your butt. Uh, so yeah, oh, Christopher Walker. What? Who's Christopher Walken? Christopher Walken? Yeah. I that's... thought you were saying, okay. No, that is who Wait, you said. What did you think? My brain was hearing Christoph Waltz. Uh, actually, that'd be kind of cute. That too. was what my brain was hearing. You'd be mincing, kind of like, You'd be a great hook. Yeah. You'd be a really great but hook. But Allison Williams was like 15 feet tall. Kind of like Christopher Walken. Are they going to make her this fly like That's insane. It's going to be alive on TV. We that can is all a watch weird it together. Choice. Well, did you see that they did like Sound of Music a year ago? And so I remember hearing the same about thing. it. Yeah, well, exactly. That just drummed up so much publicity. Well, it was a rare thing because it's live television, yeah. too. Well, it's crazy that that's that TV has to go back to that to be relevant again. I'm waiting like, for like, Battle of the Network stars to come back. That kind of shit where it's like <laughs> TV just to like get attention yeah. back just reverts back to like the 60s and 70s. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's happening. Uh, Disney's first Into the Woods trailer features absolutely no stinging, which is a trick that DreamWorks pulled with Sweeney Todd's trailers, which then lead, led to pissed off moviegoers demanding their money back when Johnny Depp started recruiting. Yeah, did you see the trailer for this? I watched the Into the Woods trailer, but I was at work and I forgot my headphones, so I watched it without sound. So there was <laughs> really no singing. Yeah, exactly. no. Well, I mean, they have some of the music in the background that like, you can recognize. Oh, that's from this song. That's from that song. Yeah, but yeah. You would have no idea mm-hmm. uh, that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I can't wait to see people. It's that's gonna be a weird, weird Especially thing. Especially, it is like Fucking about like fairy tale shit. Big bad wolf, wolf. Oh god, you see. A but I bit really of him. love, I really love Anna Kendrick, and I do like Chris Pine. I so I don't know how to feel. Oh, Chris Pine's gonna be such an asshole in that movie. I know. He plays looking one of the forward prince. to it. Wait, have you seen Under the Woods musical? No, you are obsessed with Under the Woods. No, you told me good, about this, it. This, this at may length. be a good way. You might actually really. I mean, it's Anna yeah. Kendrick. Yeah, I love Anna Kendrick. Although it's funny because Cinderella is not necessarily like the main major lead. You know, they're kind of positioning her as the major character of this. Well, there is. It's an ensemble piece, so there's no really yeah. no one major character. Yeah. But you have a fat guy from Doctor Who who's also playing uh, oh, the Baker's yeah, wife. Yeah. Know, she, which is great, because that character's supposed to be kind of a schlubby, neurotic yeah. kind of game. And I love Emily Blunt. Oh, I forgot it's Emily Blunt. You know what? Emily Blunt, her character, the Baker's wife, uh-huh. is also pretty much the coolest character in the yeah. play. So I'm okay. Oh, can she sing? 
I have I no know. idea. I know she can shoot because she's the angel of vitriol. Or That's right. Fuck, but, uh, but yeah, no. But yeah, and then cast. they're like, like cast, and they're like Meryl Streep as the witch, Johnny Depp as the wolf, and not I'm just, like, nah. not just a witch, but a rapping witch. Because <laughs> the because the end of the woods is written in like 1985, yeah. and so this is like Broadway's first attempt to be like, let's have a rap song. Uh, but instead of a rap song, it's all like in a bed. Oh, it's I can't even replicate. It's it's fucking. T- I love Into the Woods, and even like when that shows up. I'm, yeah. wa- I'm watching, I'm like... <laughs> you gotta watch between your fingers. Well, this is why black people want to kill us. <laughs> Justifiably so. Uh, I will um, go see it. I forgot that it's Disney doing it, though. Did you see That's Chicago? so weird. Yeah. What'd you think? Because that's, that's the fine. same guy. It's fine. So yeah, I thought Chicago was fine too. At least yeah, at least you can watch this and it's not gonna be like Sweeney Todd where you're just gonna be yeah. crawling out of your fucking See, skin. Sweeney Todd made me want to kill myself and everyone else. <laughs> even so. from the violence, it was just so no, fucking just, dark and just grimy. And, just, and, just and like, I thought there was, I really, Sweeney Todd, I thought there was no value in it. Like really? none whatsoever. I thought the performances were shit. I thought the music was shit. Uh, I thought the produ- production was one note. I like yeah, like the worst of Tim Burton. Like it is everything. Well, let me put it this way: everything in that movie that was mediocre was stuff that I hate. Yeah. and just specifically yeah. rubbed me the wrong I'm way. I'm really kind of curious to see what your reaction into the woods will be. So, yeah. Like, because it's the same guy who wrote both Sweeney Todd and sure. Into the Woods, but I'm kind of curious to see what an entirely different production team. Does yeah, that totally and it's and it's not a fucking grim dark. And also, Into the Woods has thing. an interesting point. Like, there's it's not just like fairy tale shit for fairy tale's sake. They make a very specific point about mm-hmm. social responsibility of all yeah. weird things. Yeah, yeah, and also about how how to treat your children. It's just, just weird kinda... that Into the Woods is kind of a weird like tweaking of the nose of what Disney did to fairy tales yeah. in a lot of ways. And it's weird that Disney is doing this. It's just strange. Yeah, I guess I guess what's his name? Mar- Rob Marshall just got bored, and they're like, "Oh, like, dude, you made Chicago. Well, I'll give there you a couple go. bucks." But yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's strange. So, yeah, there we go. Uh, Snowpiercer on iTunes has made as much in two weeks, almost four million bucks, as it has in theaters over the course of five weeks of release. Not bad. That's not bad. That's almost a million rentals, assuming that you know, because each rental's like five bucks, and that's yeah. like that's that that's that's. Uh, right, it's not like Snowpiercer was in a million theaters or anything like that. Yeah. Although it seems like it release. was a relatively wide release, though. I've seen plenty of people talk about, like, you can see it in the theater, like, in Nebraska if you really wanted mm-hmm. to. I mean, there might, uh, might be only one theater in Nebraska that's playing yeah. it. But it's, 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 it's not just like it's just playing it's in New York It's a pretty wide limited release. Yeah, yeah exactly. For, yeah, for a limited release. It's, yeah. yeah, usually limited release, exactly. It means, like, four cities in America. This yeah. at least is, like, 20 oh, cities in America. Like, Snowpiercer. Like, I'm glad Snowpiercer exists. Like, I thought it was God this dippy, goofy movie. but I'm glad it exists. That's kind of, I would rather have a summer where I get to see Edge of Tomorrow and Snowpiercer than, you know. Chris like... Evans having a pretty good summer between uh, Captain yeah. America and that thing. Yeah. yeah. I was reading a thing where someone sent me a link to um, Chris Pratt is uh, was it, being interviewed, and someone set, pointed out that he's in a lot of Lego sets, because you can get an Emmett... And oh, you can he's get the most a, popular set, yeah. A, um, you can get him in Galaxy, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and he lets slip. Oh, he's like, Garden the Galaxy Lego? Yeah. Oh, that would actually be kind of And cool. he lets slip that, oh yeah, and I just approved my um, Jurassic Park World, or whatever the fuck it's called, Lego. Oh, so no. he is going to have, he's going to ha- be, um, other than Han Solo, uh, no, I think this officially is going to have him tied with Han Solo for a uh, actor most depicted. Oh, Harrison or, Ford, Excuse yeah. me, Harrison Ford, I should say, because So what, Han, Han and Indy, is there another character? It's not like they, oh, I don't know if they meant no. They couldn't they have meant variations. They did a pretty good Blade Runner set. Mosquito Coast. Oh man, the Lego Witness set. Everybody loved the Sabrina. <laughs> <laughs> What's the one where he he plays a brain damage guy who loves Ritz crackers? <laughs> wow, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's a movie where he, he plays a lawyer and gets like shot in the head, and all he does is like talk about Ritz crackers for the rest of the movie. I loved the Fugitive set. <laughs> 
<laughs> Can you imagine like the pipe for <laughs> the drain oh pipe? Clear plastic the water. water be good. Out, yeah. be good. Uh, Warner oh. Brothers has cooked up a global franchise development team to oversee the development of even more Harry Potter related movies beyond the Newt Scamander trilogy they're already working on. Theme parks and God knows what. Yeah, else. I guess they just opened up a, a Harry Potter theme park in Japan of all places. Yeah. I wonder how Harry, Harry Potter went down to Japan. I don't know. It's an international phenomenon. Yeah. Well, that's a kind of nice thing because they very specifically make mention that like they they got out of the world, even though it's like very Anglophile, very mm-hmm. England centric. They make a point of saying like all this wizarding shit's happening all over the yeah, world. It's an which is kind of so Japan's obviously got to have their own school. Or Bill, I guarantee you, it is not the it is Hogwarts. It is not like the Japanese oh, know, like know, wizarding school. Uh, you know what? The saddest thing in the world, though. Speaking of a new Scamander stuff, not to bring down the podcast too much, but you know that that that, that flight that got shot down over the Ukraine, mm-hmm. they were showing like. Like some of the wreckage from that one of the things was a burned copy of uh fantastic beast and where to find them just out in the middle of this russian mm-hmm. field like half burned up along with like teddy bears and shit like that now for some reason any all the other news that came out of that that's the thing that hit me more than anything else was just like yeah so waka 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 still yeah paul feig is in talks to is how do you say his name is it feig or feig or i've never heard his name Fug? So yeah paul feig <laughs> is it talks paul feig. To never actually direct an all-female rebooted Ghostbusters 3, which Hollywood scuttlebutt suggests will never actually star Emma Stone and Liz McCarthy. If it's really a reboot, who should be playing what? So I saw people talking on Twitter about casting female Ghostbusters. Is this what this is about? This is what this is about. It just This just came out last night. Well, so for the longest time, it was always... Um... Oh, God, who's the guy who plays Ray Stance? Uh, Dan Aykroyd, who's mm-hmm. always been trying to get Ghostbusters 3 made. Right. And this is the guy who actually even wrote the screenplay for the goddamn Ghostbusters game, which is yeah. supposedly he took his script for Ghostbusters 3, yeah. repurposed it for the Ghostbusters game that we all played yeah. and kind of forgot about. But uh, but he's the one, yeah, really been pushing for this Ghostbusters 3 to get made. So, but I guess this Paul Feig guy who was one of the creators of... Wasn't he, like, he Wasn't worked he a on Freaks Parks and Geeks Re- guy? Yeah, Freaks yeah. and Geeks. I think he worked on Parks and Recreation in the office, too. He's one of those guys. Yeah. yeah even if well, he's he work did. on that shit he's buddies with all those guys yeah, yeah. um so i guess uh just this like in the last month he went to i guess sony's in charge of the thing and he pitched his own idea for ghostbusters uh, i guess it's, everyone's saying it's a reboot not even just a sequel he's essentially be restarting ghostbusters from scratch yeah with an all-female cast oh man and supposedly the two people he's he wants to be in the movie are emma stone and melissa mccarthy so no no so everyone's trying to figure out like are they going to be playing just female versions of the same characters? Ideally, what you do, I hope he doesn't even have a script yet because I want him just to get the funniest people possible yeah. and then just write a script over who like yeah you, you come up with a cast and then you know yeah. who I want to be because there's the receptionist lady and uh, oh this is the, this I want her to be Jenny Slate. That would be so good. But if it's all gender flipped, oh that that's got to be... be a guy. He's going to be one of the few. Li- I want him to be Billy Eichler. The guy who plays um, Shouty Craig on Parks and Recreation. The really <laughs> shouty guy Billy from Eagleton. Nick got to be in here or whatever his Nick name Kroll. is. Nick yeah. Kroll. I would not um, say no to Nick Kroll. Well, uh, uh, Bobby Roberts suggested Martin Starr from uh, Freaks and Geeks, the guy who played Bill. I've never seen Freaks and Geeks. Have you, you haven't seen Silicon Valley, too? No. He's tall, lanky guy. Uh, you, yeah, okay, that doesn't make any sense to you. But, so, well, then I st- like I got to thinking about, like, if you're going to... Okay, so, assuming it's the same character, sure. should you get to play which character? Sure. I'm assuming Emma Stone would be the Vekman character. Yeah. Because you need kind of, like, the attractive, but still kind of funny. Oh, yeah. it's, which is funny, because Bill Murray's not attractive. <laughs> but assuming if it's going to be females, it's got to be... Uh, yeah. It's not going to be Melissa McCarthy playing. Yeah, Emma Stone is not a second fiddle character. Yeah, exactly. She's going that's to what I'm be saying. the protagonist. But then I was like, what if you got like Amy Schumer 
Well, actually, Jennifer Lawrence would actually be like. Man, I would love a movie where Jennifer Lawrence is just allowed to be a funny goofball. Yeah, because the be character kind of gets by on kind of kind of being witty, but can also be kind of cute. She, yeah. uh, whoever she's gonna have the main female. Yeah. Uh, she's gonna have the fa- uh, the main romantic relationship in the movie too. So it's yeah. gotta be somebody kind of cute and everything like that. Man, but, or just don't have a fucking romantic relationship. Well, you know, it's got to be, you know. Or with the the ghost is possessed uh, as a possessed version of Channing Tatum. <laughs> And oh, no, no what? supposedly the ghost, a uh, Slimer in the Ghostbusters was mm-hmm. inspired by Jim Belushi because he was supposed to be, he was supposed to play Bill Murray's role in the original mm-hmm. Ghostbusters, but then he died. But supposedly they made the fat gluttonous ghost supposed to be based off Jim Belushi. So in this movie, the ghost is the dead kid from Glee. That's a really funny joke, Bill. Super good. I don't hear any clapping. <laughs> There's no cheers for our audience. What is this? That's, that's a, audience uh, <laughs> no but then well then i got to think well if you're thinking about vankman who's gonna be the love interest who's gonna be the sigourney weaver yes so yeah somebody, that's what i'm saying you'd be like channing tatum yeah you need somebody who's kind of like an chris a- pine oh it's almost like i wrote that yeah no because i was thinking straight straight laced action hero man meat you wouldn't yeah. necessarily expect to be hot or funny in a comedy and yeah. so it was chris evans Idris elba and chris pine the three names I threw Idris out. elba is actually the best of those three because both chris pine and chris evans have been in comedies Mm-hmm. And have that connotation. That's what I'm saying. Idris Elba, though he is a very funny dude, would not be expected. Well, that's the thing with Sigourney Weaver. She yeah. was coming off Aliens and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. And so no, no one expected. Not that she's a laugh right in Ghostbusters, yeah. but she rolls with the punches. She rolls exactly. with the guys. Yeah. yeah, and she's a great mix with those guys. Yeah, Emma Stone and Idris <gasps> Oh Idris man! Elba. Literally right now at this moment. <laughs> There is a movie in production that is being filmed with, uh, I think it's like a crime movie or something. I know literally nothing about it other than I have on my um, Google alerts. Um, it's like, you searched for Gemma Arterton, you freak. Here's something that's <laughs> happening with Gemma Arterton. So we get all these old news things. No, no. And things, here, oh, it's still in there. It's a show called 100 Streets. I think it's like a crime movie or something. All I need to know is that um, Idris Elba plays an ex-rugby player and Gemma Arterton is his wife. Which pretty much describes what? the entirety of my spank so bank. So that right now. Like, literally right now. Somewhere right now, there's a chance that Idris Elba oh, and Jim Arterton wow. are filming a sex scene. Which is why if I spontaneously get goosebumps at any moment. Uh, how would they fit into your Fifty Shades of Grey cast? Um, It would just be the two of them a hundred times over. <laughs> It is a layered and gripping drama which takes a fresh look at the vibrant and compelling life of residents in contemporary London. It will probably not be sexy or anything. It may be terrible. I don't know who's... No! What? Emily, Jim Arterton, is a wife and mother estranged from her her husband, Max, Idris Elba, an ex-rugby superstar now struggling with life on a celebrity circuit and on the brink of losing the plot. Emily can only save him if so first he's gonna she can he's get only gonna her be in the movie for ten own seconds. life back on yeah. track. Mother. She's going to meet another guy, fucker. and she gets her life back together. Yeah, he's going to be totally on the periphery. God damn maybe it. Maybe she has like a wet dream halfway through the movie where she's like, oh, maybe I should get back together with my husband. But now I'm dating Chris Pine. Damn it. No. It's been a very English movie. Damn it. Uh, I'm sorry, now I'm reading this. Damn it. Ugh. No, maybe but they she... maybe they reunite. Would his penis Sexfully. not destroy her? He seems like a big guy. That don't mean nothing, Bill. Really? I'm just saying. Mm. Uh, he just seems like he oh, here's Bill's a... casting. Okay, Vankman, Emma Stone, Amy Schumer, Jennifer Lawrence, Miss Billing Lawrence. Stands to be Amy Poehler, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy, you need... Allison Brie. Yeah, because you need somebody who's really enthusiastic and nerdy about like. 
like uh, like psychic shit and I love that you put Amy Poehler and Zoe Saldana for the same role. How is it maybe Zoe Saldana? She'd be more grounded. She wouldn't be quite so wacky like Melissa mm-hmm. McCarthy. I would assume if they're gonna recast like any of the, these these people as like similar roles. Yeah. But yeah, he kind of needs to like Alison Brie. She's goofy. Uh, Leah Delaria. She's a big boo from uh, Orange and New Black. She'd be cute. Oh, oh, the butch. Yeah, the butch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You imagine her like, like trying to put together like equipment and stuff like that, yeah. and being really enthusiastic. Like, there's a ghost. We gotta go catch See, the ghost. See, you cast Aisha Taylor, Tyler as Winston. I want her to be Egon. She would be great as Egon. I could see that, but not Maria Bamford. <laughs> I do love Maria Bamford. Bamford. She wouldn't even be. Well, that's the thing. Well, that's the other thing because like you can't be. You can't be like Egon. His whole thing. He's tall, quiet, kind of just weird. Yeah, Maria Bamford. Like you'd have to like Egon would then have to be like more of a neurotic, crazy person. That's true. Yeah, with Maria Bamford, Audrey Plaza can be kind of funny. Yes. Uh, Natalie Morales. She's well, it was funny. Actually, she was on Parks and Recreation for ten seconds. She dated Tom. Oh, I want um uh. I want oh shit, what's her name? She's 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 on um Jenny Slate. I already said Jenny Slate. <laughs> I can't remember her name. She's one of the funniest people in the world to me. She makes me laugh uncontrollably. I cannot remember her name. She was on in Step Brothers as the um woman who falls in love with Will Farrell. She was on Parks and Rec as the consultant. Uh, the uh, political consultant. The hot, like, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, she is fucking hilarious, and I want her in this movie. You know somehow. what? You have her as the uh, EPA person who shuts them down. Yes, yes. I would 100 percent want that. I want her as Dickless. That is my. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, okay, Dickless. Oh, I actually have to write this down. Okay. What is her name? Dickless. She's the funniest. She plays the mom on Wheels Ontario. What is her name? Um, uh, political advisor. On Parks and Rec, um, do we get do we get Pert Happily involved in this? Where's Pert Happily fit in? Pert Happily, no. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, Winston Zeddemore. I had Jessica Williams from the Days uh, Daily Show. She's fucking hilarious. I love her. Mm-hmm. Aisha Tyler. Just this is pretty much who's funny and who's black and who's female. Rosaria Dawson. Half the cast of uh, Orange and New Black because you can get See, tasty. I would want in, in that role to be. Um, she wouldn't have it's not the point of that character i love that you're like this character is funny this character's kind of handsome this character well, because, is black well you know because like you cast like you just cast like as a gen- generic like well you just cast on uh, like on their general like how, what like what role they bring to the team but i then would you want, have a lot of room within that to cast like different people i would want um what's her butt from uh what's her name the fr- uh the frizzy haired lady on uh um the frizzy haired lesbian on orange new black what's her name she's got a great voice tasty no, no, she's Nikki. a white lady. Yes, yeah, Nikki. Nikki. I want her. I had actually had her for Venkman for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I would want Just her. Just because she's kind of sardonic enough that, See, like... See, I would love her to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> she's also obviously, like, New Yorker kind of like, yeah, well, you know, yeah. yeah. That's that's why I actually have to... Like, you can pretty much recast this movie with the orange and new black. You pretty much just, <laughs> yeah. like, not even, like, have to, like, look beyond that cast to, like, redo exactly. all this stuff. Uh, Louis Tully, who was played by... Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. Christian Shaw. I love, yes, that's true. And which is funny, because then she has to fall in love with whoever is mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 the sexy male lead. Yeah, I like you have Sam Rockwell. Sam oh. Rockwell is not actually... For Janine, yeah, for the kind of like the nerdy, kind of like uh, the secretary. Yeah. Yeah, we actually kind of have our own cast here. That's really <laughs> good. Um, Done. Winston Zeddemore would be Nikki from Orange and New Black. 
I could see that. She oh, would be great. But the, the, the bad thing is that Winston equals equals black well, guy. Well, then you put because he really doesn't woman, have a character in those movies. Exactly. He really is just the black guy. Shows up and says, "What you are you make, guys doing?" You make here? one of the characters that actually has a character a person of color. I know exactly. Well, that's this is the chance to actually kind of improve on Ghostbusters yes. a little bit too. Yeah. Yes. Um, just saying. Wow. Can we just anyway? I just, want, I just want something starting all these. But yeah, dear all, Paul Fugue. <laughs> oh man, yeah, maybe everyone in New York is female. This is an alternate reality where like males are like only one born like one out of every ten there votes is male. There we go. Oh my god, who should play Gozer the Gozerian? Should, it still needs to be somebody weird and androgynous. I have only ever seen Ghostbusters <gasps> once. So, so okay, I'm so the bad really guy. Is goes with the Gozerian. When she shows up in human form, she's this androgynous chick. Kind of looks like Dylan if Dylan had a mohawk. Sure. Or like a flat top haircut. Originally, they wanted to get Paul Rubens to play that character. <laughs> some, but now you actually do get Paul <laughs> you Rubens. Got but maybe in the same outfit where he's got high yeah. heels and like cotton balls on <laughs> You, there we go. You fix, you make Ghostbusters even better. Solved. Oh. Uh, Tarantino, Nolan, Apatow, and Abrams have struck a deal with Kodak to ensure the company continues to create film stock for at least a few more years. The studios that work with those directors will promise to buy a set amount of film for the next few years and the hopes that the market will stabilize a bit before Kodak finally throws in the film towel for good at the end of the decade. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting... I didn't realize they yeah. were that close to... It sounds like they were just about to announce that we're also going to stop making film. And this is the last company making film stock in general. Yeah. Which I saw somebody actually point out... They had a graph of film like film stock sales over the course of the last decade. Mm-hmm. Actually, 2006 was the best-selling year ever for film stock. Really? It was less than 10 years ago. Yeah. They said, yeah, the, the, the market has collapsed by 96% in less in just like seven years. Yeah, Damn. They've gone from selling something like $15 billion worth of film stock to last year ha- less than half a million. Half a million? No, maybe it was half a billion. Okay. Okay, right. wait, what's math? <laughs> but yeah, no, whatever. Wow. 90, like, yeah, 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 yeah. There yeah. essentially is no more market. Less, huh. Man, that's, that's no wonder they want to get out of there. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess until... Yeah, I guess uh, it was them and, like, Fujifilm. And Fujifilm just left a couple months ago. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, they, I guess they were about to come out and say, hey, we're quitting. And then, yeah, these these four guys, Tarantino, Nolan, and Apatow, and Abram said, no, we like we want to preserve this. Sure. Can you just hold on a couple years so we can at least maybe try to kickstart a little bit of a cottage industry where people will continue to use this stuff? I love that Apatow is in this yeah, Apatow, everyone. Yeah, I guess he's a cinematic. Yeah, it just know, cracks me up. Visionary, yeah. That's funny. But yeah, I guess he's got, you know, I guess he's oh, got no, no. the clock to you can, pull it You off. can do comedy and still have a stake in the art of film, yeah. but, you know, I it's wonder, like... I mean, I know that Abrams is directing the next Star Wars on film. I wonder if the people who follow him will still try to do the same. No, what am I talking? Like, uh, what's this, uh... Uh, Ryan Johnson, he's totally a film guy. He yeah. totally want to shoot on film. But, yeah. I mean, I would still would not be surprised if after a couple of years, no Kodak still throws oh, sure. in the towel. But it's it's just a matter of time. But I do like the fact that they're at least trying to like like make it so the indie people could still try yeah. to use film if they want to or something yeah. like that too. So That's, yeah, it's a yeah. Good, fight yeah. the good fight, buddies. Yeah. Um, rest in peace, Dick Smith. He was a Hollywood makeup master who wrote a best-selling DIY monster makeup book for famous monsters of Filmland in the mid-60s, who then did the makeup for The Exorcist, Taxi Driver, and The Godfather, and he taught most of the makeup guys responsible for the biggest makeup effects in the 80s and 90s, like Rick Baker and Stan Winston. Yeah, this was the first Hollywood makeup guy who really kind of did splatter and kind of gory effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because like he kind of rose to power in the late 60s and early 70s, right when film standards were getting lax enough, you could actually start showing blood and this kind of stuff like that. Yeah. And so, yeah, he was the first, some of the, one of the first guys to actually like you know laugh to do like like gore stuff and like you know, mm-hmm. exorcist stuff you know her head's turning around yeah. and spitting up pea soup and stuff like that and yeah like it, yeah it's funny that he was influential but yeah his biggest claim to fame is that he just kind of taught everyone who did all the makeup effects for 
the kind of our generation of yeah. movies, like all the big the, during the fantasy and sci-fi boom of like the yeah. the eighties and nineties. Yeah. But yeah, so he died. I, I there was one of those things where I was I didn't even know he was still alive because yeah. he was pretty old. Yeah. But yeah, I love that one. He kind of got his start where he'd been doing makeup in the movies for a long time, but he didn't be, didn't become famous until yeah he did his own makeup DIY do it yourself monster makeup manual for mm-hmm. yeah for f- famous monsters of filmland, which kind of cracks me up. Yeah. Which that I guess that made his name in Hollywood. Everyone's That's like, we gotta funny. get that guy because he's he's got a good instructor. We'll just we'll just pay instead of just like following the instructions, yeah. we'll just pay him to do <laughs> the makeup effects it. for all this stuff. Yeah. So yeah, no, so that's kind of a bummer. That's just a little bit of Hollywood yeah. craziness gone now. So. This week, EA announced its EA Access service, Ugh. which seems to be an attempt to create a publisher-specific PlayStation Plus subscription service. The service is exclusive to the Xbox One, as Sony quietly, quite rightly, told EA to fuck off. Most likely because they don't want competition for PlayStation Plus. Also, the last thing consumers need is every publisher starting up their own goddamn subscription service. Really, the only way EA Access makes sense is if it becomes platform agnostic like PlayStation Plus, which isn't likely to happen. So what is EA Access? It, I don't know It, it sounds crazy. You didn't hear about this or anything like It really is pretty much what that states is that I think uh, the price structure is either five bucks a month or 30 bucks for a year. You subscribe to EA Access. It's exclusive right now, only the Xbox One, where... Uh, you get, I think you get ten percent off any brand new game. Oh, purchase. it's just like a discounting tier. Discounting plus you, you're supposed to get free access to selected titles from the backlog, just like PlayStation Plus. You get like every month you get a, a, a free new game. The only problem with this being on Xbox One, there is no back catalog of yeah. new games for you to get for free. Well, and with PlayStation Plus, they tend to give you new games. It's very yeah, exactly, old yeah. games. Like and new so releases. EA's not going to want to do that. So I don't know what the hell uh. they're going to give you. But I, th- I think that's why they're leaning on. I think they announced like Battlefield. Oh, did they or something say like, like you'll get early access? That's the other like, thing. Like if I do this, if I, I can play Dragon Age a week early. I think they specifically use Dragon Age as as an example of like you played five days earlier. Is it worth what? I, honestly, for me, I'd pay five bucks, get Dragon Age, cancel it. I know that you, you, you <laughs> can do this, yeah. but you have to buy an Xbox One for it. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Well, the, the, the interesting thing is really that Sony came out and said this is we think this is a terrible value for our, our yeah, audience. Yeah, of course. It which is. that's obviously they're not worried about the they, audience. No, they want you to have PlayStation Plus. Yeah, they don't want any competition for PlayStation Plus. Although it does make sense, you can't afford to have every publisher, publisher suddenly decide to come out and hide their stuff behind like a subscription payroll. This is this kind of stuff. I guess this means EA is not going to have any more games on PlayStation Plus then, as far yeah. as like free games or anything yeah. like that. Although I don't well, know did if they EA ever did do, begin with. I was going to say most. I feel I feel like most of the stuff was Sony owned or Sony yeah. developed what? or an indie game that they made some sort of partnership with. What 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 stuff does EA make that we even give a shit about? It's other than Mass Effect. Dragon Age. See, this is a dra- see, we're not, see, I don't care about Dragon Age. I'm not that much. a big. I'm not a big shooter person. I don't yeah. care about sports games. So uh, that's what I I'm need saying. to play this Peggle is... Two at some point. Uh, I forgot. Oh, I forgot they were kind of doing that stuff. And that's about but it. They're they're smart. At least they didn't try to make it full price, like fifty or sixty bucks yeah. a year, like Xbox Live or. I was interested in the Plus, EA Partners but... program, and then they kind of stopped yeah, I know that. exactly. So there's uh... not that, and like I said, yeah, like the back catalog stuff really doesn't matter because there is no back catalog of anything for EA yeah. stuff on on, especially if if you're talking about an Xbox exclusive. Huh. But yeah, if they could make it multi-platform where like you could be part of it, like yeah. if you could s- sign up for EA Access and it would actually work both on the PlayStation One and this and uh, or the PlayStation Four and an Xbox One. Yeah, because half the thing about sense. PlayStation Plus is that it applies not only to my PS4 but my PS3 and my Vita. Yeah, that's a huge part of PlayStation Plus. That's yeah. why it's so much even better than the Xbox Live, yeah. and re- even regardless of the deals. But just the fact that you can have you get free stuff on all these platforms, like exactly, yeah, yeah. It, it really justifies you become uh, becoming a subscriber to that whole their whole. 
just brand and it, not exactly even it's brilliant platform. because it yeah. adds value to all of those items so yeah. it's like i mean they're smart it's basically they're the whole thing of when you're a mac user and it's beneficial for you to own lots of mac items yeah they're they kind of buy very that wisely ecosystem. exactly expanded yeah. all that so i think this will be an interesting experiment but i don't think yeah. this is gonna uh, we'll see it's like origin all over again you know they're trying oh yeah that's the other thing i forgot about that yeah yeah origin there's their take on steam and everyone hates that and no one likes that's the thing. If I want to play Mass Effect on PC, I'm going to have to, like, buy yep. into that origin shit. Yep. <sighs> My penis hurts. Open world procedurally generated E3 indie darling No Man's Sky is rumored to be a timed PS4 exclusive whenever it finally comes out next year. Yeah, that's interesting. Again, uh, Sony just going nuts on the indie game stuff trying to see okay, I want him to do it. Yeah. Do you have any interest in playing that game at all? No. Yeah. Not if, if, if you describe a game as procedurally generated, the chances are I'm not interested in it. Really? Oh, that's right. It's not like you're a big Minecraft fan. Mm -hmm. It's just not my jam. I don't like that. I like, I like carefully narrated and crafted environments and narratives. Mm -hmm. I, I I get the appeal intellectually of, of procedurally generated games and but it's it's a harder sell for me. Yeah. I, so, I, I totally get why people are excited about this, but it ain't my jam. But yeah, it's interesting just because it's like it's the biggest thing game that kinda of came out yeah. of E three this year. Yeah. yeah. So I, like I want. Cool. I want Sony. It's smart of Sony to be like. To me, it seems really financially wise yeah, to go to these indies. I think this is this 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 fall. Even even regardless regardless of things that are coming out for the PlayStation before this fall, news like this. I mean, this is this is this is what helps seal the lead in a console. Yeah. War, and I, I really do think. Actually, I think it's Sony sewing up so much of the exclusive stuff for Destiny. Even though yeah. Destiny is on both consoles coming out this year. Yeah. I think Destiny is going to be the game of the year, and I think enough people are going to buy it on, on Sony, on the PlayStation mm -hmm. 4, because yeah. like they've wrapped up like all, all the DLC is coming out. It is exclusive to the PlayStation 4 version mm -hmm. for, for the next year and stuff like that. I think this may be I think this will fall where, where Sony uh, pulls ahead for at least the next couple of years, yeah. and it's really going to force Microsoft to actually be... like They've been on the defensive for the last year, but I think this is going to be where the story... Yeah. actually The narrative actually does become that yeah. PlayStation 4 is officially winning, and yeah. Microsoft's going to have to do something extraordinarily insane to even hope to even catch up. Yeah. Which is, yeah, I don't know. This, it's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. You know what? I like them fighting, because like I, at the end of the day, like I think that I personally benefit from their indie initiative just because games that I wouldn't get to play otherwise because I'm not a computer gamer. Like, yeah. I never would have played Octodad otherwise. Which I and still want to check out. It's yeah. really ridiculous. Is it it's... fun or is it just more interesting than it is fun? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah that's okay. But I'm glad I experienced it. And yeah, it's exactly, like, yeah. It's the sort of thing that I wish, you know, I think it's a smart thing because it gets more games on the platform. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, and I mean, the development cycle is so nightmarish for, for AAA games. You've got to go for the little yeah. stuff. And it's just, I mean, and they seem like they're, they, they come off as good guys in the narrative. I mean, like, it's just smart, yeah. smart, smart. But at the same time, you don't want Sony to pull too far ahead because then they get cocky and they fuck themselves up. Because exactly. That's that's what happens to every console manufacturer. Yeah. For a while, they're like really consumer friendly, or at least they pretend to be. And then they get cocky, and then they shoot themselves in the foot. And then, yeah. you know, five years now, we might be rooting for like, oh man, maybe Microsoft can finally kick Sony in the Bill, ass. In five years, we'll finally have PCs. We'll just be waiting for the next one. I know exactly. Sale, yeah, and that'll yeah. be that. Gosh. Uh, the Game Boy turned twenty-five on Thursday. Damn. Did you ever have a Game Boy? Yeah, I had a Game Boy. That was my first console. Yeah. Well, my first gaming system. Did you have, like, did you just know, like, a plain vanilla Game Boy or, like, yeah. one of the color ones? Oh, like, I had shit? straight up. Because they had so many varieties of Game Boys. Yeah. I, I was, like, I had a Game Boy. I mean, honestly, I probably had, like, the year after it came out, I had a I Game Boy. I can't remember playing anything on Game Boy that wasn't Tetris. I played Tetris. These are the only games I can remember. Tetris. Uh, there's a terrible Tiny Toons game. Oh, yeah. I played the Mario game. 
Which is funny because there's so many games on this system. But yeah, it's funny like a lot of people were just like, yeah, I played like three games. Yeah, I played. Well, Fox I couldn't. Hulk. My family, we couldn't really afford a lot. Of I games. played Final Fantasy, whatever the fuck was. Uh, yeah, Pokemon. Those are the ones I remember. Pokemon? No, I never okay. poked them on. Nope. Uh, so anyway, uh, the Game Boy is one of the longest-lived gaming systems in history. De- debuted in 1989, but wasn't discontinued until 14 years later in freaking 2003. I didn't know that. Yeah, I w- that was until I was looking at the staff shit. for that, too. I was like, holy shit, yeah. Uh, it's also the third best-selling game device ever, behind the PS2 and DS, with over uh, 118 million Game Boys sold. That's fucking crazy. Well, it's crazy. I mean, it invented this market. Yeah. Fuck. My mom loved the, the Game Boy. My mom still wants a Game Boy so she can play Tetris. Yeah. Like, if I, for Christmas, Aww. if I could manage to get my mom a functioning Game Boy with Tetris. You could probably go down the CD Game Exchange right say, down the street and yeah. just, like, get one for, like, five bucks or something. Oof. I was almost thinking about grabbing one just for nostalgia's sake when it, yeah, when this news came out. Yeah. yeah. So, 25 years was, yeah, that's fucking... Shit. Goddamn. If you have a 3DS, you can download Game Boy same, Tetris buddy. on there. It's not the but same. But at least it's the same music. It's not like, you know, some kind of brand Man. new version of Tetris, but... Road Trip. That Game Boy was my best friend in Road awesome. Trip. Just did you, have, did you have, like, like lenses or lights on the Game Boy, or was it just the basic Game Boy? Just by the itself? basic Game Boy. Hey, I remember back in school, like, seeing people, like, like in fucking high school and stuff. Yeah. Like, like uh, fucking, yeah. I no, remember was, when we was were a mess. on a road trip Middle in the school. dark. What am I talking about? High school, yeah. On a road trip in the dark, I my, we had a minivan, and my parents sat in the front seat, my sister in the middle seat, and I sat in the back seat. Yeah. And I remember in, it'd be so dark, and there weren't lights overhead, so I'd have to wait until a car drove by and hold the, the, the game ain't boy you're an old school gamer. We have memories like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, no backlit screens or anything yep. like that. Yeah. Smeared green ass, gray, weird graphics and shit. Damn. Yeah. Damn, damn. Yeah. God damn. Uh, in other news, the Lego Lady Scientist set is out. This is the other thing, because I was, like I said, I was thinking about pulling the trigger on some Lego sets, and I was like, oh, but I could also get... So this was a part of the, let's see, it was originally called, like, QOSO or something like that. Yeah, now Q-so. it's just called ideas. Lego Ideas. Yeah, I'm looking at the thing now. Um, Technically, it's just called the Research Institute, this set. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's it was uh, uh, got a lot of traction, because, yeah, it's all female scientists. There's a lady paleontologist... Uh, what are the other two? There's a lady like yeah, astro- yeah, astronomer, yeah, astronomer and, and chemist. Chemist, yeah. yeah. That's Which a great thing. You, like you get to build a little Lego dinosaur thing. Yeah, you it's like pretty a little, great. Little, a tiny little Lego chemistry set. It's pretty great. I was this looking is... at it. I went to the Lego store on a Friday night and they had a bunch of them sitting on the shelf. Oh, and, really? Uh, yeah. Oh, and, uh, I'm gonna give you twenty bucks for that. I was looking at it. I actually almost got a set for you and for Brennan for Conley, mm-hmm. but I was like, yeah, yeah, it's it. Christmas. The early. box is actually kind of interesting because it's not like a traditional Lego box. It's very clearly designed a little more to be a collectible where you'd even keep the box because rather than being a standard box with sealed flaps on the side it's the type where um the top uh, the face of it is a lid that opens oh okay so um you know it's got the front flap that folds down in the ears that slot in you just undo that and open it up yeah a lot of boxes are not typically designed to be sealed because they they know that you're going to open it up build yeah. the thing and throw the box away yeah, yeah. so it's interesting huh, it's okay. like the whole uh, uh like very clearly the design it's kind of a, of a small different. thing even though like it's just three minifigures and three very tiny like little yeah, like little yeah, yeah exactly but yeah no i would love to take some of this stuff and actually plug it into like like i said if i had the parisian restaurant or so like if i had like an environment <laughs> where i could kind of like yep. pack it yeah uh maybe i could ha- put the chemist inside the lego cantina yeah there you go bill or something like that maybe she could be, well, maybe she's working the bar yeah 
I, I take the chemist and suddenly turn to her into a oh, goddamn man. bartender. So I, when I was at the Lego store, I went because the new Chima sets are out, and I got the... Oh, did you get... Yeah, you didn't talk about what you got. Uh, I don't want to turn into Lego podcast again, because it also happens. Well, we usually do it at front this, end. This is I'm the last... The back that's end. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is it. So, this is the end of the uh, podcast. Yeah. I wanted to go because the new Chima sets came out. I've been looking at them for a couple of months now, because I saw pictures of them from Toy Fair. Mm-hmm. And finally, I just pulled the trigger, and I got um the figures I wanted off of either eBay or like Lego trading sites. So I had all the figures I wanted, which is great because now I don't have to spend like $300 on these fucking sets just to get like a lion head, yeah, you know, exactly, that yeah. I wanted. But it was really cute because I was still looking at the sets because I was trying to like tell myself, I need to get one of these, right? Because I'm like, I really still wanted them anyway. And uh, it was so funny because I'm looking at them and then this little boy comes up behind me. He's like, mom, mom, look, they're new. Look. It, the whole theme of this one is that it's fire and ice. So the, the are characters that I presume are the protagonist. The lion guy is teaming up with the crocodile guy, even though they're fighting against him. And uh, they're fighting against, like, these cyborg vultures and saber-toothed tigers and mammoths. Yeah. And the mammoths are all blue and everything. It's all these blues yeah, versus yeah. red sort of thing. And uh, this little boy's like, fire and ice. What? But the crocodile is friends with the lion? Like, I was hearing his introduction to He's this new canon. His brain. Yeah, exactly. exactly yeah. It's like, why are they friends? Mom, why are they friends? It was so, I was standing here going, oh my God, I am this little boy. <laughs> I tried to watch the other day the Legends of Chima TV show because I'm like, out of curiosity. It was like CGI animated. Yeah, it's all CGI. Yeah. I got about 10, like, not even, I got about three minutes into it. I'm like, you know what? I don't need to know the canon. Wait, how many Chima sets have you bought? Because I know you you buy figures from like Bricks and Minifigs and stuff like that. I try to buy the figures just independently, but I've bought a fair number of the sets. Oh, okay. I think I've had. Which is funny that even by virtue of like the fact you buy sets, you think you would have like learned a little more about the mythology. The canon. Yeah, exactly. I know that yeah. there's Chi, which are these blue like orb things, because I have a ton of them. Yeah. And uh, Brennan used them to make a waterfall. That's how many of them I had. And uh, uh, I, I don't know what the canon is really, but uh, I've bought a fair number of them because the first couple of waves, it, like it's ridiculous. The, the gimmick is is that a lot of times the, there are all these like vehicles and castles and shit that are these animals. But the thing is is that they're shaped like the animals. So the crocodiles have a crocodile layer where the entrance of it is a That's giant crocodile awesome. head yeah. with this part where um it'll actually, if you pull a thing, it'll collapse and yeah. bite whoever's standing in it. <laughs> and like, it's got these two storage things that are like its hands and shit. And like, but all of those parts are actually really helpful because it's all these earth tones and browns and greens mm-hmm. that have actually, uh, all I, was, stuff, yeah. all, I was really worried because all these specialty parts, I'm like, fuck, what am I going to do with all these? When really I've had to order more of those mm-hmm. because they're actually really helpful but these new sets it's all like fucking neon red and neon blue and it's not quite been appropriate so <laughs> oh, i want to uh, ask you speaking of mythology stuff in the marvel universe do you know what the kree are hold on wait no, uh, they're the kree yeah the kree not is that not cr- part of the kree scroll war or something like that Sorry, neighbors. <laughs> um, um, okay, no. Because this is something to mention again. Speaking of mythology that I was confused by, the, the Kree are mentioned in passing in Guardians of the Galaxy. I could not remember if they are the planet that everyone's trying to kill. You are correct. They are the Kree Skull War, according to Wikipedia. Oh, aren't the scroll shapeshifters and they yes, fuck up the, the Avengers? That's and... all I know. You officially yeah, okay, named everything okay, I okay, know. Okay. 
Uh, well, Bill, the Kree Skull War is notable for its cosmic scope of interstellar warfare, enormous cast of characters, use of metaphor and allegory, for instance, to Joseph McCarthy oh. and um, the House of Un-American Activities, and the introduction of the Vision Scarlet Witch romance, which became an ongoing theme for the characters for years to come. Okay. The Kree Skull War is considered by critics to be a highlight of its era. Just saying. Aww. Who the fuck are the Kree? I don't fucking know. Yeah. Speaking of canon that I really don't want to know. That's the other thing, because supposedly the Kree are the planet where, uh, uh, not Paul Giamatti, who's Step Brothers? That's where Step Brothers lives. It's, it's all oh, yeah? aliens except for Step Brothers. Like, like the sole human being lives on the Kree homeworld. So they are a What's scientifically... What's their homeworld? Do they say? Uh, Isn't uh, like Xanadar or something like that? Hold on. Hala? No, that's not what it is in the movie. They are native to the planet Hala in the large... Magen- Mag- Mag- I'm sure friends say they're like trying Magellan? to say Magellan like yeah. Magellanic Magen- Magellanic that's a cloud. word Magellanic it's the large Magellanic I, I cloud <laughs> dear lord <laughs> anyway Guardians of the Galaxy whatever fucking Lego whatever comics. whatever whatever so yeah what did you buy when you were there uh, I actually went and got a big container of random parts from yes. the back. They have weird, weird parts back there. Like they're really random and not necessarily useful. Well, you can just get, you just get a bucket. Yeah. And you get a bunch of parts. So um. Oh oh, so you did the fishing thing? You didn't like yeah. buy like a pre-contained yeah. container Cause of it's stuff. really yeah. it's more economical to yeah. go this route. But yeah, they've got some weird parts. And I was sitting here going, I'm not gonna be able to use any of these. I went home and I used it on the. Man, uh, general store. For if you go to Bricks and Minifigs again anytime soon, I should not be because I already nope. dropped the hundred bucks on nope. there. Nope, you're not allowed to go. They Never came again. out with this, the 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 Star Wars Sandcrawler, which has all the best Lego jewelry. They they showed that at uh, they had that on display at the Lego store. They had there's one uh, one of my favorite Star Wars stories is called Treadwell. Uh-huh. He's this, it kind of looks like Wally, but taller and skinnier, but it's like treads, uh, treads for legs. Yeah. They actually made a Lego version of him. Aww. I was like, <laughs> BillBrickLink.com. I'm just saying, you will find a seller selling it. You, you know can actually, sort them by the lowest price. Because right you keep on talking about them, I've actually saying, never visited them. BrickLink.com. Okay, we're officially now welcome to Lego Corner. BrickLink.com <laughs> is great because they have a reference catalog of every oh, known okay. Lego part. And then on top of that, they tell you a list of what colors it came in. You can add it to your wish list. Um, oh, really? You can show it sets it's available in, and you can also see people who are selling it, and then you can sort it by people price. are selling Treadwell for just like five bucks. Yeah, I'm telling you, dude. Four bucks. Bricks and many. Fi- you gotta do just bricklink.com. <laughs> oh, man, it's my slippery slope, which is like this giant gray dildo that doesn't move, <laughs> doesn't make sounds. But I think that's one of the. Oh my god, that's amazing. Anyway, Bill. I'm gonna have to pull Merry the trigger Christmas. On this. Yay! I'm just saying. Now they just need to be spending any money on like Lord, yeah. Bill. Uh, anyway, buddies, this was the Boy Howdy Podcast. Welcome to our Lego <sighs> Corner. Um, uh, we are, as always, howdy at boyhowdypodcast.com, at boyhowdypodcast on Twitter. Boyhowdypodcast.com is our website. We're also on iTunes, and we've got an RSS feed and whatever the fuck. Uh, join us next week as we'll talk about more Lego garbage. Oh, my God. Probably. Let, I'm Bill sorry, guys. will probably weaken, and I'll probably be sitting there, like, refreshing, like, the tracking number for my creation <laughs> set. Or, like, I feel you know. terrible because I've dragged a lot of people down this Lego wormhole with me. Lego's fun, though. It, it really is, is fun, but it's so goddamn expensive. There it was is this, so expensive. There was this thing online where I saw a couple days ago where somebody was, like, talking about how he had just bought himself a little Lego uh, mini Star Wars X- uh, mm-hmm. X-Wing fighter, mm-hmm. and he bought it because something about, like, his son was really sick, mm-hmm. and he was all fucked up, but he just wanted a little piece of Lego just because it was something that he wanted a physical manifestation on his desk that not everything in the world is terrible. Yeah. That's some, sometimes, yeah. like, oh, 
that Lego's her- inherently good, but just something right. like some something of like childhood. Yeah. Like a totem of childhood and, and like purity. Legos and, like, are remember, very like, reassuring because it's very yeah. simple and clean and it's associated with childhood. Yeah. It's and I, I actually also watched that little Lego documentary on Netflix and one of the things that the current CEO says is that like um the thing about Lego that's great is that they're very, very orderly and structured and not chaotic, but it is still creative. So it's like this perfect fusion of right and left brains. It's very reassuring and calming. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, there's like, I was trying to explain to Foley, she got um, the first couple of sets that she built. She'd never built Lego before. And I let her build some of my Chima sets. And since they're oriented towards kids, mm-hmm. they come with multiple bags and the bags are all numbered. See, that's nice. And you yeah. just go through it like that. But then I got one of these more advanced sets and it's like, I just lay it all. It's just all the parts. Mm-hmm. And she was like saying, oh, I wish they numbered them all. But there's something very reassuring about the first step is you empty out all the parts and you sort them by color and size and all that shit. And then, you know, everything. Is man, that's the only thing I did this week. I'm sorry. Wait, welcome to 15 more minutes of talking about Lego. I got a um, uh, organizer, a faster organizer, and I organized all my Legos. I went through everything, and my dad sent me a box. Your cat wasn't writhing all over it. Yeah, well, yeah, she's playing with it, which which are dangerous. But my dad also sent me a small box of maybe 10% of my childhood Lego. Mm -hmm. So when actually the Benton um, doctor's office that I built has a little first aid sign on the top, and that's my childhood Lego. I remember that when I was a kid. But, um, I, yeah, I, I sorted all the pieces in my organizer and then it's so nice cause I'm like, I need a snot piece. It's four bricks. It's only has studs on one side. I know where that is. And it's like, yeah. I need a six tile that's brown. I'm like, that's over here. And it was like really nice and very reassuring and orderly and yeah. <sighs> See, that's why I like you've invested enough where you've actually made the process easier, even easier, more fun for yourself to put this stuff together. So yeah, no, it's, 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 uh, it's been a really hard week, um, emotionally and physically. And, uh, it's been really nice that whenever I'm really struggling, I'm just like, I'm going to go fucking build some goddamn Lego mm-hmm. and I just kind of sit down and like stare at things and put shit together and then when I'm done I have something and there's something to be said for that because my the nature of my job is that I don't very often get to accomplish something and stand back and be satisfied with my accomplishment yeah. either there's well, a lot a physical, of phys- again it's a physical manifestation of, of, of progress of something you've yeah. built of, of yeah my job is a lot Creativity. of p- contributing to a larger thing where I don't get to see the full scope of it or a process that takes years a lot of energy being thrown into a well exactly that's just and it's yeah. just like, yeah, it's nice to have. Meanwhile, all I really do is I just use Sculpey to give myself new weird alien penises. Good night, everybody. <laughs> we'll talk to y'all next week. It's really, I can't put it in the oven, though. I've tried, but yeah, it's, 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 yeah. See y'all. <laughs> Bye. See you guys next week on Bill's uh, Sculpey Penis Corner. <laughs> That's our end? Yep. That's it? <laughs> Going out on that limp note? Yep. <laughs> This podcast. I was trying to say something about how I almost reverted to alcohol <laughs> this week. <laughs> you went back to this podcast ends not with a bang, but with a. With the, uh, uh, <laughs> ew. Uh, we don't want. Yeah. The, the smell of Bill's burning uh, pubic hairs. Oh, man. Have you ever tried to put your junk in a toaster oven? No. It's harder for me. Mine's an innie, not an Audi. That's true, but you can, get, you can just kind of squat, like, dip it. That's. I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys.